Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live on a beautiful day in eastern North Carolina. And we're coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250 and 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Let's hear from you on this Friday. What do you want to talk about? Any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts on East Carolina Tulane, thoughts on the NFL weekend, thoughts on the Major League Baseball playoffs, a lot going on. And we'll talk about it all today right here on Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes is here, CJ Schaefer, the man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt. And a lot of guests to get to, including the former play-by-play voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Mr. Todd Graffinini. He is now the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's been everywhere. He called a Pelicans game earlier this week on national TV against the uh, Bulls, I want to say, Tuesday night. On Sunday, he was in London watching the Saints play the Vikings and uh, he'll be ready to root on his green wave coming up on Saturday as they take on the Pirates. So we'll talk Tulane and everything in between with Todd Graffinini coming up in about 20 minutes. At 4 o'clock, Tony Dunn, Chronicles.com will join us to pick games. Week 5 NFL picks will recap the disaster of a game from last night and get you ready for Panthers, Niners, and all the other NFL games coming up this weekend in the 4 o'clock hour. At 5 o'clock, we'll talk Pirate Football with Morgan Aylers, voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Soon, he'll be back in Minji's, voice of Minji's Coliseum. We'll talk Pirates and Green Wave. And also in that hour, we'll talk to Brian North. We've got a a great slate of high school action tonight, including Conley Rose. They renew their rivalry tonight. We'll uh, talk about that. What else is going on in high school football, college football, NFL this weekend? And Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, will give us an update on what's going on in the golf world. So we got all that and a lot more coming up on today's program. All right, Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler's here. CJ's here. I've already mentioned that. I want to say hello to you people. Hello. Hello. How are How are you? I'm doing good. Good. I'm doing good on Even after last night, I'm still. Man, that was uh, that was brutal. That was bad. That was brutal football last night. And uh, I watched every single bit of it. I did it too. Uh, And does that make me sick? Overtime. Does that make me a crazy person? Does that make me sick? No. No. I think that just makes me a dedicated football fan. The NFL can serve up as many crap sandwiches as they want, and I will eat every one of them. I will Joey Chestnut those crap sandwiches. Wash them down with some crap juice, some dumpster juice. How bad is the Broncos? How bad bad is is the Broncos? Well said, Chandler. How bad is Matt Ryan and the Colts? He's bad. Mm. You should throw the word R into your vocabulary. You are a pirate, right? 
R. Let's hear some R. How bad are the Broncos? That's a good question. Pretty bad. Is the bad what did I say? <laughs> how bad is the Broncos? Oh, uh, how bad is? How bad are the Broncos? <laughs> they is pretty bad. <laughs> they is They bad. is bad, bad. And what are they doing? Once again, Nathaniel Hackett showing that he has no idea what he's doing as a head coach in the National Football League. He's the Up worst. Three. I told you week one. Igo doesn't want to hear it. He's got to acknowledge it. Now. He knows it now. He's got to accept it. This is ridiculous. He's terrible. Although I like his, I like the decisions they made. I don't like the outcomes. I like going for it there. What do y'all think about going for it when you're up three late in the game, and if you get a first down, you can basically run out the clock? What did you think about that? I you got to protect the rock. Not that's your that is not my question. What do you think about going for it? The decision to go for it there. I would have liked it if you had a if you had shown a pattern of offensive competency in the game, which okay. they did not. So you would have kicked the field goal. Yes. You go up six uh-huh. with about two minutes left. Be- yes, because in that situation you are now forcing them to go the length of the field rather than just get into field goal range, which does make a difference. All right. That's what I meant by you got to protect the football because you hadn't been able to protect the football all year long and definitely there in that game you still haven't answered the question yes you're refusing to answer the question no i would have i would have ran it i would have run as you would have gone for it i would have gone for the field goal okay you would have kicked the field goal thank you i would have kicked the field goal and gone i wouldn't have thrown to the end zone and got picked off i know that i'm not asking you that I'm just asking, would you go for it? No! I don't want to be this 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 results-oriented. Forget what happened. I'm asking you, at the time, would you have gone for it? Your answer is no, correct? No! You would have kicked the field goal. Obviously, you wouldn't have called a play to throw an interception. We all know that. Well, what, doesn't that answer my question? If I say I wouldn't have done that? I wouldn't have done that. I would have gone for the field goal. Thank you. No, you could have ran the ball. You could have not thrown an interception. I would have done whatever the hell. Hey, Chandler, you probably should have called the touchdown play instead of the interception play, right? Do you not understand what I'm saying? Yes, what I I'm do. Asking? And I'm answering the question, but you don't like how I'm answering the question. You didn't answer the question. You said I wouldn't have thrown an interception. No crap. No, I'm not saying I would have thrown an interception. Of course. I'm saying I wouldn't have thrown into the end zone. Even if it was caught, or if it, luckily if it was caught in the touchdown, that's still stupid. That's right. risking it. So I, didn't might... say any, I didn't say the touch, the interception call. That cost them. Thrown into the, whether it was batted down, caught for a touchdown, or picked off, which it was, it was stupid. You go for the field goal there. All right, so now we get into overtime. And I can't believe I'm about to ask this question to Chandler, but I'm going to ask it. Chandler, you're down three. And you go for it on fourth Just shut up. Shut up. <laughs> do you kick the field goal to tie it, or do you go for it? I wouldn't have gone for it and not gotten it. <laughs> no, no, no. Or would you have ran a play where you throw an incomplete pass in the end zone? The play was there. Okay, answer the question. Would you go for it, or would you kick a field goal? I'm going for it there. Okay, so you like his the Hackett's decision. I like that decision to go, go for, for it. it. And... You're right. The play was there. KJ Hamler was there. Hamler, 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 Ham man. I'm a Ham man. Um, 
Yeah, I, I go for it there too. I think the calls were right in those situations, but obviously, you don't think that Russell Wilson is going to throw that interception to the end regulation. That was awful. That was terrible. And then you expect him. How much Russell magic did he have in Seattle all those years? And now it is Russell tragic in these situations. Mm. So, yeah. No, I'm still saying Hackett is terrible. Oh, yeah. I just am saying, despite the results of the plays, I like going for it in both of those situations. So, anyway. There's that Thursday night football. What a just what a terrible football game. By the way, and it doesn't get any better next Thursday. There, what? Well, yeah, I know it gets worse. Believe it or not, it gets worse. Will there be an offensive touchdown next Thursday? Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Well, just this is a legit question. Will Justin Fields have over ten completions? I'll say yes. Yes, but barely. So maybe you're like, saying like maybe 12? Yeah, maybe 12 to 14. 11 to 12? I think 13. There's got, there's no way there's no way that there's back-to-back Thursday night games with no touchdown scored. There was a guy that placed a bet last night. I can't remember the odds on it, but placed a bet for no touchdown scored in that game last night. And whoever placed that bet, however much you put on, you're winning big. 12 to 9 the final score. <clears throat> Disgusting. Disgusting football. Absolutely. All right, so there is that. Um, troll in the YouTube chat. We got a troll in the YouTube chat alert on a Friday afternoon. Troll in the YouTube chat. Um, on Facebook, we have, I'm going to assume this one comment. Yep, I'm right. Fire Matt Rule, Susan Deans. Yep. More Panthers football on the way on Sunday. Fire Matt Rule. We will talk <laughs> Panthers. We will talk uh, picks in hour two of today's show. I have not looked at the line for ECU Tulane today. Is it still at three and a half? Anybody looked? Mm. I haven't. It, it is. is Three and a half. It's time for Friday feelings. How are we feeling about the Pirates and Green Wave? I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I, I like how the Pirates came out and bounced back against Navy last week. Very eager to see how the Pirates are on back-to-back road trips. Um, Tulane is a very good football team with a quarterback that's going to start. If Has there been any decision on if Michael Pratt will be playing tomorrow for Tulane. If not, if he is a no-go, it will be the quarterback that got them, uh, led them to a win last week, Kai Horton, who will start. And he looked really good last week. And uh, I think the Pirates' defense is going to step up tomorrow. I'm feeling good about this three and a half. I'm feeling good about a Pirate victory. But, man, how many times have we seen a back-to-back road victories for the Pirates? We saw it last year. I believe we were back-to-back wins with Navy and Memphis. But in the years past, you don't see that a bunch especially on the road at South Florida and then again against a very good team in Tulane. But I'm feeling I'm, pr- I'm feeling pretty confident about tomorrow's uh, game at 3.30. I agree with Chandler. I, f- I feel pretty good. Um, like I mentioned, I, th- I think we talked about it yesterday. Uh, when the line opened up as a pick I was a little bit surprised. I expected Tulane, just because they're at home, to uh, get a couple points going their way. But I think it's going to be important for – ECU to establish themselves in the run game uh, very early. Um, you've, we've talked about it all week. When uh, 
defenses can get into Holton's face, uh, force him to make quick decisions. It has turned out pretty bad, which that's kind of what Navy did a couple weeks ago. And UCF, or USF, excuse me, lacked that last week, which is why we had sort of an offensive explosion in the first half. So if you can establish the run game and kind of make them have to respect that run game, you can't just send everybody after Holton. We can kind of open up the pass game a little bit, which is uh, something that the Tulane defense does not let happen often. All right, I got a text this morning that I want to read. And it said, lengthy text alert. It's from a Pirate fan. It says, as we get ready for tomorrow's game, I would like to help with putting this ECU football program in perspective. During the Mike Houston era, we have 17 wins. Much improved over Scotty Moe, yes. But when you dive into the numbers, it tells the real story. Only two, yes, two of those wins are against teams that finished the season with a winning record. SMU 7-5, Marshall 7-5. and And eight of the remaining wins, obviously not yet knowing how the three from this year will end up, were against teams with three wins or less. Mm. The major reason we have won more games than Mo, discipline. However, this program still has a long way to go. Take Tulane tomorrow. Here's to hoping the Pirates prove me wrong. Now, does that make you feel any different? Any no. less Not confident? Really. Not really. Okay. I, I understand. Um, I, it, I overstand. Sure. No, I I levelly stand. <laughs> I stand. I'm sitting. All right. Stan. Stan. Oh, Stan. Okay. Yeah. If uh, you, you can only play who's in front of you. I mean, you can't really... I don't think you can fault anybody for that. Well, yeah, but they have played teams with winning records and not won. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, if you. Uh, it's not like they've played only losing teams. Well, right. But if you finish with a 7-5 and five record, what I'm saying is you tend to lose to the teams who are better than you and you tend to beat the teams who are worse than you. I mean, it's not like we finished last year 10-2. and two. We have. Uh... And and we're seeing us be in these games. I mean, how many close games were we yeah. in last year? Right. How many of our two losses could we have won this year? I think we've gone over that enough uh, at this point. So we expect to be in the game tomorrow with a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Can they get it done? Right. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we've last year we saw ECU play good teams close, um, especially two games that I look back on on the road. Uh, went to overtime with Houston, ended up losing that one, and then lost the lead against Central Florida in the last minute of the game. I mean, you flip those two, and how much different can that text look that you got? The reason I picked Tulane on Wednesday with Iga is the same reason like I picked the Colts last night and the 49ers Monday and the Bengals last Thursday. And it's because of the line. And uh, you might say, well, that's dumb. That's a weird way. What about the humans on the field? Well, like, the Bengals were a pretty uncomfortable pick last Thursday against the undefeated Dolphins, right? Yeah. Because it was like, what was the line? Three and a half. Yeah. And then on Monday, I like the Rams all weekend. I like the Rams all Monday. And then I saw the line go from Niners minus one and a half to Niners minus two. And I'm like, well, the Niners are the pick here not the Rams. And then last night, you know, why are the Broncos at home only three and a half point favorites against the Colts? Three, three and a half. 
that feels like it should be more right well it's because the colts are the right side so seeing that go from even the ecu two lane line from even to three and a half that's a big jump it messed with my my pirate brain and again it, pirates could come out and blow them out they could win but uh i don't know i'm feeling I, i'm expecting a good game tomorrow yeah i mean and, one way or the other and i think we're at this point in the mike houston era where we can find ways to win in those close situations rather than find ways to find ways to lose so, and we have we won at navy last year won uh at memphis on the two-point convo maybe that was the spark to our goal line stands that stop in memphis yes last year. absolutely and now we just don't give up points when we get inside the five yard line and that, that's what gives me confidence is not giving up any points at all whether it's a touchdown or a field goal with this goal line defense that we have that blake harrell has uh developed here at east carolina but uh, we've talked about this yesterday we've talked about it before east, east carolina is finding some ways to get turnovers but i want to see more strip sacks people ask what is a strip sack that's getting to the quarterback, stripping it out of his hands, jumping on the football. I want to see more pressure from this front seven for East or this front eight from East Carolina, and uh, I want to see it a lot tomorrow. And I think if you can give the offense a lot of um, some good field position to put up points like they did last last week against South Florida, I think East Carolina can have a successful day. That's another good point. You don't you don't necessarily want to celebrate injuries, of course. Nobody wants to see anybody get injured. But if Michael Pratt is, you know, any any semblance of his injury is still there still lingering make him work to get to him get some pressure make him move around um see see if there's anything kind of lacking there all right uh we got a couple minutes left before we need to take a break um two ways you can go about this situation you can ignore or you can take the bait and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the bait and ask the spammer in the YouTube chat room to let's talk this over. 317-1250. Call in now. We'll get you right on the phone. And you can you can get have all your issues with this show and put them out there and we can talk it over. And you can you can prove to all the listeners how much of a fraud I am when you call in right now and everybody will be on your side because you know what you're talking about so let's call in now 317-1250 we got a couple minutes left in the segment go ahead and give us a call we're awaiting your call right now 317-1250 you have a phone 252 is the area code and we'll just await your uh your call here and then we'll get to todd graffinini coming up in a few minutes We've also got uh, Tony Dunn at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock hour, Morgan Aylers, Mark Greenhelge, Brian North. But uh, right now we're just uh, kicking back waiting so we can talk this over. I Look, I've been, I want you to really get into why this show is terrible. And, and maybe I could learn a thing or two from you. So uh, still waiting on it. Is the lines? No, nah, lines are clear, so... It's not on our end. Maybe you're in a bad spot. Your call's not coming through. 317-1250. 317-1250. Wait another minute. Maybe it's taking a while. You guys read any good books lately? I haven't read a good book in a while. In a while? I don't read. That You don't have to tell <laughs> us that, Chandler. That goes without saying. 
This is awkward. I ain't gonna lie. What's awkward? Nah. Well, I want to goof off Friday. What's awkward? Just sitting here. I, we're waiting. His guy's gonna call in. He said he's not gonna call in. He's not gonna call in. Hmm. That's a cowardly move. How about this? Post your number and we'll call you. <laughs> there you go. It's simple. And we'll just get through all this. Lay it all out on the table there. Don't you uh, like? And then we can move on with our lives. Let's go ahead and end it. So give us. What's what's, what's the phrase that you guys used? Put them up on the table. Type in the number. <laughs> we'll give you a call. We'll chat it over. Bring the boys out and lay them on the table. That's <laughs> what I was talking about. Yeah, that's the phrase the I was table. trying to figure out. Trying to remember that. All right, uh, ten more seconds here. Nine, Maybe eight. Three one seven twelve fifty six. Five, three, one, four, seven, three, twelve, two. We got day baseball one. too. All right. Well, no call. All right. Well, that's that. We tried, tried to settle it, but now it's uh, it's over forever. You are, you're you're gone. Uh, on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. The Guardians win their first of the galaxy of the baseball galaxy win today over the Rays 2-1 to one, and we've got a Bohm double and the Phillies have a runner on second, nobody out top of the fifth in their game against the Cardinals and by the way, Alec Burleson not on the playoff roster. Not on the playoff Cardinals roster. Cardinals are dead to me. Yep, dead. I yep. never rooted for the Phillies in my life and I'm not saying I'm doing it today Okay, but okay. I'm not pulling for the Cardinals. Okay, cool. So you can figure it out. Also, another score update if you're into the world of soccer United States and England, the big anticipated matchup in the sold-out Wembley Stadium, is now in. They're up one. England is up one nothing right. in the first half. You okay, Shirley? I I forgot what the is it the first half. <laughs> Sure. I forget what it's called. You can say 18th Aren't minute. Aren't you a yeah. soccer fan? In the 18th minute. I don't I don't pay attention to like halves or anything like that. I just watch the game. And they had a terrible backline play. And right. my God, I miss Allie Krieger. We'll just call it the first half. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Todd Graffinini. The Graff man. World traveler. He was in London watching the Saints on Sunday. He was call- He was in Chicago calling Pelicans Bulls on Tuesday. And uh, he will be watching his Tulane Green Wave on Saturday take on the ECU Pirates. We'll talk to Graf. I always enjoy having him on during Tulane week, so we'll do that. When we return, Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And uh, vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. 
a football Friday, a free beer Friday. How about a case of Bud Light Seltzer on the line? Coming up, hour number three, we'll give that away. So get your dialing finger ready for those of you who do have phones and can dial into the show. 317-1250 in hour three will be giving away that Bud Light Seltzer. All right, right now, we talked to the, uh, the the voice of the Green Wave earlier this week, Corey Glore, and we'll now talk to the former voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Todd Graffinini, who joins us on the Pit Electric Live Line. And Graff, always great to have you on during Tulane Week. How you doing today? I'm great, Clip. Thanks for having me, as always. And I know you're a busy man, so we appreciate your time, Todd. You were uh, over in London to watch your Saints play last weekend, right? I was. I was there for seven days, actually. Wow. Um, just now getting the body clock back to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, when you spend that long, it takes a little bit. It's a little tougher coming back, I think, than going over there. I haven't spent a lot of time in Ireland. It's the same time zone uh, in in that area. So, it uh, yeah, it, it 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 was a good week. Uh, London's a beautiful city. I'm kind of a, you know, history nerd. So, you know, with the coincidence of the Queen passing away a couple of weeks prior, I've walked in a lot of the places where, the you know, the funeral procession was, and just I I, I like that kind of stuff. So I, I got to experience that, and then, you know, you experience the Saints end of it, which of course some digital media reporter that week and having to schlep out to practice, which was an hour away on the bus, and then another hour coming back and another 30 minutes to where media availability was. That part wasn't that fun, uh, having spent a lot of time on a bus huh. <laughs> uh, on, from Wednesday to Friday. But then, you know, the game itself, Clip, I mean, it was uh, it was a great game. That stadium is, is as good as I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of stadiums in my time. And uh, that place in Tottenham, man, it is – it is unbelievable uh, the way it's set up. And, you know, it was built three years ago with the, you know, express thought that they were going to host NFL games. So you've got all the NFL specs there. The locker rooms are incredible. Uh, and the, the best part for me, you know, have, covering the team and a lot of the beat writers flew over and, and everyone who was covering for the Vikings as well, along with along with, uh, you know, European press, you sit outside uh, among the fans uh, in the lower level uh, it, where, where, where the press sits. Can you imagine taking a section uh, out of the lower bowl in any NFL state <laughs> and dedicating that strictly to media right now? Hey, uh, Black Hole, we're, uh, the media is going to be in that area One this year. section. <laughs> uh, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, and it's... Even though it, you're outside, it's covered, so if the weather would have been bad, which it was beautiful. But it, it rains a lot o- over there. I don't know if you if you knew that. Uh, in the wintertime, in the fall, when they're playing soccer matches, and you can sit out there totally covered, and it could be pouring down rain. And it, it was uh, it was an it was an awesome stadium. Uh, and unfortunately, the game ended the way it did with the double doink uh, from Will Lutz from 61 yards. Yeah, another uh, double doink, but this 61 yarder a little closer than Cody Parkey's uh, from a few years ago. That's that's very true. <laughs> Actually, that's funny because we wound up playing the Eagles 
uh, in the playoffs the next week because of that double doink. There you go. You play the winner of that game, the Saints were. So it all, uh, you know, <laughs> full circle one way or the other. I'm curious, Todd, and did you? I don't know if you have a handle on this or not, but for the games that are played over there, is it like the Super Bowl here where it's very corporate and you've got a few fans, but it's a lot of folks with a, a lot of money like at the, at the Super Bowl? Here or you know are the, the like common fans out there yep. cheering for teams uh, when the games go over there? What, what's the what's the crowd like over there? Clip, clip. That's why you're the best. That is a tremendous question. <laughs> um, no, it is not corporate at all. There are NFL fans uh, in London. A lot of them, as a matter of fact, and it's one of the rare occasions where you go to a game and you see basically every different jersey of, of most NFL yeah. teams. They're just coming to watch the game. Um, and it was loud. Matter of fact, one of the again, amenities of the stadium, it, it was designed like a concert hall. Uh, so the acoustics are fantastic. So the noise stays in. So it gets very, very loud. Um, there were a boatload of Saints fans that made the trip across. Uh, not as many Vikings fans, but they were represented, and the rest is just all locals who love the game of football, not not soccer's you know we call it uh american football so to speak but it is kind of different in the sense that a lot of these people don't have a particular team um that they're rooting for in front of them so they cheer for both teams so it, it's 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 loud most of the ball game but uh they i it's crazy man i saw people uh i saw saints fans in london that live here that I haven't seen in years. And like, Are you kidding me? I, I got to come across the Atlantic to see somebody that lives in my city. I mean, it was, it was a really weird week. Um, it really was, but uh, no, again, long winded way of answering your question. It is not corporate at all. Yeah, uh, It is very much, very much blue collar. It's just in a really, really, really nice stadium. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool to hear. Todd Graffinini joining us now, the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, formerly uh, the voice of the Tulane Green Wave. It's Tulane Week. We'll be with you 11.30 a.m. Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and with you after the game, U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Before we dive into Tulane Greeny, uh, let's talk Pels. If I saw the schedule right, I believe uh, the Pelicans don't play until Sunday night in San Antonio uh, what are you going to be able to to go to the game tomorrow, uh, Graf? Are you busy? Yeah, I, I am. I good. No, no, I cannot go to the. I, oh. No, no, I cannot go to the Tulane game. Gotcha. Um, or as you know, everybody there would say the East Carolina game, the ECU <laughs> game. Yeah. No, I cannot go. Um, our first. It's crazy uh, though, Clip. I flew from London straight to Chicago. I did not come home. Uh, the first Pell's preseason game was Tuesday night. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see it. It was on TNT. Yeah, it was on TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was there, um, and evidently I was shown a lot on TNT because the new blue siren uh, was sitting right next to me that they show. Now, you know the green siren that uh, is is flash for challenges? Well, now they put the blue siren on if uh, there's a scoring discrepancy, say somebody may or may not have stepped on the line for a three, oh, yeah. and they don't know for sure, so they put the blue they put the blue siren on to let you know that they're going to look at this eventually, and the score might change. But evidently, I, I mean, you know, Chicago is one of the rare places still that the radio uh, guys get to sit on the floor. 
a that that is a dinosaur like Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, there's only three of them left uh, in the NBA, but Chicago's one of them. So evidently, I was shown a bunch uh, on on TV. But yeah, I <laughs> I just got back to New Orleans on Wednesday afternoon. I was wow. on for eleven days. Yeah, that... um, but matter of fact, we've got a game. The Pels have a game tonight uh, at home against the Pistons. I am not going to be at the game because my brother Keith is being inducted into the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame tonight. Wow, awesome! So I uh, yeah yeah. So I told him this months ago. Uh, if it was a regular season game, yeah, my brother would have had to stick it. But uh, considering it's a preseason game. Uh, I figured I can show my support, considering I did call every game he ever played uh, at Tulane. So. <laughs> That's cool. Congrats to the uh, the Graf family, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great night. As a matter of fact, Rick Jones called me a, a little while ago and and wished he could be there and just to tell the family, you know, uh, how much that you know they've meant to him and everything like that. It's funny. Uh, I was thinking about this clip, but knowing I was coming on, Keith never played East Carolina. He, his career was ninety five to ninety eight. So. Tulane and ECU never really got huh. going until the early 2000s, so he he never had the experience of playing there or uh, or vice versa. But yeah, it's going to be a big night for the family, and um, it, it, it's going to be pretty cool. I got to voice over the the uh, video, so uh, Corey Glore, you know, he'll be emceeing, as you well know, he'll be emceeing the festivities tonight. So that's one less thing that Gore has to do tonight is uh, is talk about that video. Good stuff. Uh, talking to Todd Graffinini today. Uh, and one more before we get into uh, Tulane for uh, some basketball fans who are tuned in to us right now. Greeny, uh, everybody wants to ask and, and talk about Zion Williamson. So yep. give us an update on uh, on the big fella from Duke. Are we going to see him on the court this year? Yeah, you will. Um, now, again, I, <laughs> it's funny because when they asked me to go to London and cover the Saints that week, I actually missed the entire week of training camp uh, for the Pelicans. So, you know, obviously you do what they tell you to do. But I had serious FOMO uh, <laughs> not being at, at, at training camp just because that's, you know, that's what I do. I, I, I go to practices, I, and that's how you get better at your job. You just, you're, and you, and you want to be around. You want those guys to see you. And just, it's always better when you're there. Well, I wasn't, and they understood. But when I saw Zion, it was really for the first time uh, over the summer. I had gone to some, you know, informal workouts before the trip, and he was not there. He had a lot of guys there, but he was still down in South Florida training. So I had not seen him. And when I saw him on Monday when... Uh, we had uh, a late practice on Monday night. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. He he looks fantastic. I, I mean, better than when he looked his rookie season uh, going into it. I mean, he's he's getting pretty close to what he weighed at Duke. Um, his explosiveness, his quickness, that second jump, it was all on display uh, the other night. And look, he played... 15 minutes. He scored 13 points. He went five for five at the free throw line. Um, and it looked like he had not missed a beat matter. And again, physically he is as in good a shape as I've ever seen him. Um, it, <laughs> look, the Pelican, I, <laughs> we scored 70 points in the first half and I know his preseason clip, but 
I was talking to Andrew Lopez of ESPN at halftime who covers the team on a daily basis. And I was telling Lopez, I'm like, dude, you got to calm me down, man, because we've got the potential <laughs> to be very, very, very good. Um, if everybody is healthy, you know, it, Brandon Ingram of uh, Kinston, North Carolina, as you all know, he has not uh, played the first game. He's not going to play tonight because he's nursing a toe injury. So he participated in all of training camp, but he has not played yet. C.J. McCollum's not going to play tonight as well. He's got, a, he's got ankle sores. The key is everybody's got to be ready for October 19th. By the way, uh, we start in Brooklyn against the Nets and that circus. So that's going to be <laughs> a very interesting opening night. Um, but Zion looks fantastic, and he was – He's been smi- since I have seen him Monday night. I don't think I have seen him without a smile on his face. It was 518 days, clip, for the last time Zion Williamson was on a basketball court. Wow, playing in a game. Yeah, um, and he was, you know, again, he looked great the other night. And Pelicans fans are pretty fired up right now. It the vibe in the city is as unlike any I have ever seen going into a basketball season because right now you know you're a month into the football season it's all saints all the time that is not the case huh. in new orleans right now people are fired up about the pelicans yeah that's cool todd graffinini joining us today on pirate radio live greeny uh graffy i should say we have mark greenelge later in the show and i'm used to uh, saying greeny on fridays graffy we talked to players Monday on the Players Lounge. One of the cool parts of the the NIL, and uh, we're able to have these guys on and kind of introduce them as people and players uh, to the Pirate Nation. It's a lot of fun. But talking to these guys Monday, and we get an early look at the next opponent, and uh, we say, you know, what do you think about this Tulane team? And uh, three or four of them said, when we look at Tulane, we they, they remind us of us because of the – physical nature toughness is probably also what coach houston has ingrained into them that this team with willie fritz because they use the word program they use the word culture and look we're happy to have mike houston here some winning football some solid football well well, willie fritz instilled that into this tulane program and pretty impressive too graph coming off a bad year last year right a down year that he's able to kind of get this thing going here early in September and October. They're putting together a really, really good season there. And uh, I thought it was uh, – I think it's a pretty good comparison. Mike Houston trying to have that that culture, that program that Willie Fritz is instilled down there uh, in New Orleans. You know, Clip, I think that's really well said. And, look, I'm very biased. Uh, I love Coach Fritz. I think you could argue, and I've, I've had this conversation with – Steve Berrios, who works with Corey on the broadcast, Steve actually is doing his 40th season in the radio booth uh, wow. at Tulane Football. I'll see him at tonight, actually. He's, he's a Hall of Famer, so I'll see him at the banquet tonight. Um, but we've had this conversation before. I, I think Willie Fritz is the greatest coach in the history of Tulane University. Um, now, you know, Tommy Bowden was successful and had a perfect season, but he was there two years. It's not easy to win football games at Tulane. It's just not, uh, for whatever reason. It, there's always something that happens. And to, to Coach Fritz's credit, he takes all the disadvantages and he just does 
not let it get to him. And this place can, I mean, wear you down. Clip, I was here for 27 years. I mean, look, <laughs> I, I have I have seen it all, okay? Um, but to, to, to Willie Fritz's credit, he just will not let anything get in his way or distract him from what the ultimate goal is, and that's to build a program. Last year was a disaster, okay? It was an absolute disaster. It was an outlier, though. And here's the other thing, and I know people might roll their eyes there, but this was a legitimate excuse. The hurricane hit the week, Hurricane Ida hit the week before uh, the opener against Oklahoma. Yeah. The team had to move to Birmingham and lived in a basically decrepit hotel. I remember talking to Corey, uh, Todd. He had just like yeah. gotten there, and I, I think he didn't. I don't even think he moved into his place until like three months oh. after he, he went oh. down there. But I mean, you get you're talking. No, there's no weight. There's no place. You're going somewhere to to practice, but you know you don't have a weight room. You don't have a training room. You're you're getting taped up in a in a auditorium. You know, it's you're not home. Um, you're living in a hotel. That had a lot to do with what happened last year. And then you throw what the injuries started to pile up as the season went on, and it just it just completely unraveled. You know. Tulane played Oklahoma and Ole Miss uh, three weeks apart, and that was very, very physical for them. And the Ole Miss game, you know, they hung with Oklahoma, actually almost pulled the game off uh, in Norman. And then the Ole Miss game basically was a, (laughs) if I could make an analogy, it was like Apollo Creed sitting there and Drago just knocked him out. I I mean, and killed him. Uh, Literally. That's what happened against Ole Miss that night. They never recovered from that game, and it, it was just—it was a nightmare. They started to figure it out a little bit at the end of the year defensively, uh, when the games became much closer, and actually should have won the Tulsa game, missed field goal, you know, at the end of regulation, should have won that game, actually beat USF, uh, and hung with UCF and Cincinnati. Uh, so you could see it start to turn around, uh, but the wins just never, never came. But what you're seeing now is really the continuation of what happened at the end of last year, especially on the defensive end. This is as good a two-lane defense as I have seen uh, in a very, very long time. I know they're going to be tested with Ailers uh, tomorrow, but, I mean, they get after it on the defensive end. Uh, when they went to Manhattan, when they went to the Little Apple and beat Kansas State, who, by the way, uh, a week later beat Oklahoma in Norman, Kansas State scored 10 points in their own building yeah. uh, against this two-lane defense. They they went for it four times on fourth down and did not convert any of them. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun to watch, and it's just a really physical swarming defense. And you look at, you look at them size-wise, they're really not that big. It's you, you always hear about the front seven, how good the front seven is. I think their strength is the linebackers and the and the and the DBs. That's really the strength of the defense uh, because you just don't have the size up front that you really need. Uh, but they they are quick and they will hit the snot out of you. It, it's it should be a really really good game tomorrow. I wish I was there, but 
I'm going to have to watch it on TV. Looking forward to it. East Carolina and Tulane. Our pregame coverage begins 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And Graf, before we let you go, uh, Jeff Charles talked to him on Wednesday's edition of Pirate Radio Live, said he picked up a college basketball magazine and saw Ron Hunter's Green Wave pick second preseason and uh makes sense right uh he's got it rolling down there and uh jeff mentioned that uh tulane uh unlike some teams in the country actually have returners and you know the transfer portal affects everyone but having continuity having guys back that helps and uh i've i've always been a big ron hunter fan graph uh, i know you are too yeah i am and that's you know it, it's a lot like the football situation you and why Tulane is pretty good this year is because even though the year was bad last year, they pretty much had most of the players coming back. Um, same thing uh, with Ron Hunter and the basketball team. And look, <laughs> I I have said time and time again, you did, you know, I, I've talked about how difficult it is to win in football at Tulane. Well, double that basketball. I, I remember your text from all the basketball meetings. Yeah, I. <laughs> I never thought that I would live to see the day again where Tulane would have a legitimate chance to go to the NC2A tournament. Yeah. This is the year. Uh, I mean, it's been it, – I mean, Clip, geez, I was just out of college the last time. Well, I look, don't, you don't have to tell us, so date, Graph. So date – you know, date that. Um, yeah, it has been since 1995 that long all right well you got us by two years ours is 93 so i don't want to hear anything well, there you have it. Ooh, wow yeah um yeah no i they have a legitimate legitimate chance to go to the tournament this year which would be man that i i don't know how i would find a way to do it but i would have to go i, I don't know how i could do it yeah but i would have to find a way because it's been that long yeah, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to some hoops, looking forward to football, and uh, sounds like things are going good down there uh, in Nola, Graf, and uh, maybe you can cap it off with uh, with your Dodgers. The Saints. Let's, no, yeah, we haven't talked about the Saints. I think this uh, – I don't uh, – do you want to talk about the Saints? It doesn't look very good. Not really. Yeah. I mean, we lost to Carolina for, for – <laughs> That says it all right there. It's a, Yeah, I was actually – I had the pleasure of being at that game too. Um but anyway, you know, funny, you mentioned the Dodgers. We won 111 games this year, which is a franchise record. I, did, I probably, Clip, have not watched one pitch oh, wow. uh, in a month and a half. Yep. I, I mean, the, the, the division was over. I just yeah. had other things to do. Uh, you know, I was, I was covering Saints training. I, I just was not. I'm like, we'll, we'll see in October. So this is going to be the first time I'll, I'll be watching a Dodger game next Tuesday in, in quite some time. But, you know, it's going to be what? It's going to be the Mets or the Padres, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. I know the Braves, uh, <laughs> poor Mets fans. <laughs> fans. Uh, what a disaster. Yeah. How do you blow that? Oh, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. You can't, the, you can't beat the Nationals and all that Get swept by the Cubs. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah, I, I know you, Mr. Braves fan. I know it was very good for you. <laughs> we we might be uh, we might be seeing each other rather soon. Yeah, and Freddie Freeman's gonna be wearing the wrong uniform. It's gonna be weird. But are they gonna boo Freddie? Probably. They they shouldn't, but think, probably so. You know, he lost the uh, he lost the batting average title in the last day. 
Oh, I did. Who was it? Jeff McNeil? Who ended up winning? Was it him or somebody else? No. I don't know. Freeman had 199 hits this year. Just a machine. Man. Yeah. Absolute machine. Well, we may see him again uh, coming up soon. Graf, uh, enjoyed it as always, man. Great to catch up with you. And uh, we'll do it again down the road. But have a great year calling uh, Pell's Hoops, man. Thank you, Clip. Really appreciate being on the show. Todd Graffinini, one of uh, my all-time favorite guests. Been talking to him for years and years here at Pirate Radio. About to be some uh, history made in this building for the first time ever. There will be a Mariners playoff game on inside the Pirate Radio studios. History. 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 For the first time ever, you will be able to tweet about Mariners playoff baseball. That's coming up in about 16 minutes when they take on the Blue Jays. I was going to say, you should have invited Steven Igo to come into the studio, but he's actually en route to New Orleans. Yeah, and I hope uh, Patrick Mason's doing okay with all that voodoo down there. Oh, man. He was very worried earlier this week. He was very we worried. Show. So uh, He was freaked out. I'm sure. <laughs> hope he's doing all right. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. Huge game Saturday when it comes to the AAC. One of these teams will stay alive in the race. I guess Tulane with one loss would still have a shot, but if East Carolina loses, their hopes of winning a conference championship pretty much down the tubes. Fair to say? Fair to say. We'll look at the standings and the matchups in the American when we return on Pirate Radio Live to wrap up Hour 1. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Euro Pub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts stop by tuesday through sunday or check out the jarvis street bottle shop on instagram twitter and facebook now let's head back in to prl here's clip all right welcome back into pirate radio live wrapping up hour one take a look at the american standings and there is one team that is two and oh in league play and they have uh beaten temple and they've also knocked off navy and that team is memphis and they got a big one tonight against the Houston Cougars. Memphis, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against Houston tonight, trying to get to 3-0 in conference play. Houston 0-1 after their loss to Tulane last week. Cincinnati, Tulane, and UCF are 1-0. UCF taking care of SMU on Wednesday night. Uh, right now, the Pirates and Midshipmen of Navy are sitting at 1-1. Houston, SMU, Temple, uh, USF, and Tulsa all sitting right now at 0-1. So an important game tonight. And Memphis uh, still has, you know, struggles ahead. They uh, took on a couple of uh, teams that they should have and did beat uh, already this season in Temple and Navy. But they've got at East Carolina and at Tulane coming up after Houston. And then they got UCF at home. They'll have uh, games with Tulsa and SMU to wrap up their slate. But a 3-0 start will be huge for them. A 0-2 start 
in Houston would pretty much knock them out of the race. So like we could see Dana's Cougars, and boy, they just look like they're in shambles. You've got Holgerson like yelling at fans as they go into overtime last week. Um, the egg are just an absolute mess, and we'll see if they can figure it out tonight uh back-to-back friday night games for those houston cougars east carolina picking up their first conference win last week on the road trying to do uh went on the road again this week against tulane and once again the green wave a three and a half point favorite cincinnati the only ranked team in the american right now sitting at number 24 in the nation and uh they'll have a what should be a laugher tomorrow with south florida they are four touchdown favorites against the bulls they got at smu at ucf coming up uh after south florida here's a question cj how many combined losses will the teams that meet in the uh conference championship have this year how many combined conference losses you know what i'm saying yes you know what i'm asking yes what's your answer i'm gonna say i'm gonna say three i'm gonna say we got a two loss team and a one loss team that's kind of what I was thinking because Cincinnati, does Cincinnati get through at SMU, at UCF? Man, if they do, they could run the table because they got East Carolina at home and Tulane at home. So I think, I say Cincinnati drops one of those, drops one somewhere along the way. Right, I how, agree. How many losses uh, combined do you think, Chandler? I'm, in thinking the championship? About, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that same number, around three or four maybe. Four? Mm-hmm man i'm thinking two or three three max but it could be one of those years if it if you have a a lot of parity in the league teams knocking off uh teams it all kind of comes down to is cincinnati head and shoulders above everybody because beyond them nobody really is even keel right there yeah i mean ucf looked really good the other night but i could see them dropping a game to houston or you know memphis or somebody yeah so I think it's going to be a, a fun race to follow. Unfortunately, if East Carolina loses tomorrow, we won't be a part of that race. And then I won't care who's in the championship. But right now that East Carolina's in the mix, I care a mix. lot about it. And, uh, man, they win tomorrow. It's kind of all there in front of them. So, pivotal game. Yeah, and I just – I'm thinking about that Navy game. I mean, I feel like this, we, wouldn't have, we wouldn't be feeling this way if east carolina knocks off navy oh man we'd be um, in great a great spot right now in a very great spot now you're looking from here on out you're looking at a must win in conference play from here on out but the good thing is guys is that to me i feel like the pirates can win any game the rest of the way even on the road against cincinnati but that's probably the toughest task for the pirates but i think this is an open door in the conference absolutely and you look at uh when we talked to Holt Naylor's on the Delcor Players Lounge, you looked at what he said when I clip, I believe you asked him pretty much just what was the difference between Navy and South Florida's games. And he said, I mean, they're human too. You can come in looking great one week and you come in next week and you don't look good at all. Um, and an example of looking great would be that South Florida game, but it would also be go back to week one of the season when East Carolina was a missed kick or two away from knocking off NC State. And when you play a team of that quality and come that close to winning the game, who's to say you can't beat any of the teams left on the schedule? I mean, would it, last week, Holgerson's yelling at his fans. The fans are booing. Two weeks ago, a Houston player goes to the sidelines and shoves another Houston player 
Like they look like they are completely checked out, yeah, out of it. It's off the rails. But would it shock you tonight if they won by ten or fourteen? Would points? not. <laughs> right, it would. That's what I'm saying. Because they're still a fo- they're still a good football program. Yeah. And I mean Memphis, nothing to write home about. So I don't know, man. It's turned into the NFL. It, it, like anything can happen any week uh, I, with these like, teams. And I like it like that because I mean, you know, in the past we're sitting here with no hope. Now the Pirates are in the mix and. Like I said earlier, we could be in a better spot than we are right now, but to be in this spot, period, is just a blessing if you're a Pirate fan. So. All, right. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We'll get Tony's weekly two-minute East Carolina report, his thoughts on the Pirates, and then dive into something he doesn't want to talk about, the Carolina Panthers. Yikes. And we'll look around the rest of the NFL. We are loser central here for NFL Talk Week 5. Panthers, Steelers, Commanders. Doesn't get much worse than that. But we'll talk about it. We'll soldier through. When we return, PRL on a free beer Friday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local, print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Nice read, CJ. We got Chandler over on the audio production side of things. That's Shirley Rhodes. Had to duck out early here on a Friday, but we got Tony Dunn joining us in the studio. Hello, Tony. Hello, hello. Hey, you got to see... uh, some poor offense on Sunday, but some good offense on Saturday as the Pirates rolled up 41 in the first half. Only finished with 48. Wanted to see a few more, but uh, Holt Naylor's AAC Player of the Week. Pirates look good. Can yeah. They uh, roll that into Tulane tomorrow. Well, you hope. Um, CJ, man, wasn't Shirley right? So she was oh, on yeah. the money with him this year, and moving him into the slot has just been dynamic. He's been awesome. It's a great story, too, for a hometown kid. Uh, so you're glad to see that the uh, the pirates though you know that sleepy second half like even though they destroyed them in the first half is like uh, there was a moment where they put up 14 i guess unanswered or more than that and it just felt like oh gosh don't let this really come down to like an onside kick at the end or some mess like that but they held you know goal they, line stand yeah exactly another one um so you know, you hope the Pirates can can put a full game together. They're going to have to, it sounds like, because uh, listening to these Tulane fans about, or the guy that you were just interviewing before I came on, good God, they're excited about that defense. So it's not going to be easy task by any means and a fun game to watch, hopefully. Played well against Houston, and then he mentioned uh, giving up, what, seven or ten to K-State at at k-state who then knocked off oklahoma so they're uh yeah they're they're happy with what they got going right now it's kind of wild when you 
hear people the excitement in people's voices sometimes when it comes to sports because I feel like I'm in this moment where it's like every time I look at my team or something like that I just expect disaster or something so it really is neat when you hear people and they're like genuinely like these guys can play so that's fun Uh, and that's how the Pirates are this year kind of all right, uh, Tony, let's do some uh, gambling math real quick. Ugh. Panthers are six-and-a-half-point dogs to San Francisco. The total is under 40, 39-and-a-half oh, for the game. Man. So let's figure out the Panthers team total. So we need to add up to about 40 points. So like 25 to 15 would be a 10-point spread. 23 to 17-ish. So they're saying, can the Panthers score like over, like basically over 17, 16, 16 no. and a half? No way. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> like for the Panthers. It's a low number, but against the Niners and for the Panthers, that you seems like a lot. Either, like This could be a 13. I bet you they're scoring 13, one touchdown, two field goals. Yeah. Niners score. I could see them both being a low scoring game. Like, like yeah. I mean, the, the if there's anything good about the Carolina Panthers right now, it's the defense. So, I mean, you you hope that their team, but they have a lot of weapons right now, and they have we haven't even seen Kittle break out. I in know, a yeah. Receiving game, he's due. He's going to start feeling better as he's kind of worked through that injury. He's you know missing. He was missing in the preseason. He got Jimmy G, who, um, man. I mean, it's just kind of a bizarre story that he's going to come in there and play really well for them after they made him practice on the other side of the field. But he's probably going to feel a little bit better than he did last week and the week before. So it's not like they are – and they got Kyle Shanahan. They got the master. They got the, uh, the guy that can knows how to tear apart anybody. He's not afraid of anybody. I heard him talking about the Carolina Panthers, and I, he was reeling off information from their first three games, four games that he – I felt like he knew more about our team than dang Matt Rule did. So it's not like their offense can't do anything. And they have my favorite player in the NFL. We talked about Debo a lot last year, Tony, about how he, like Tyree Kill looks like he's fast. And Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase look like elite receivers. Like Debo, he doesn't have that look of those guys. You know what I'm saying? But he's just like a football player. Yeah, like he is an all-around football player. I mean, like a, just a, it feels like the guy that just dominates on the pickup game. Yeah, right. <laughs> he can go out there, play every position. He could probably have like 14 tackles a game if they put him on defense. And he, he's my favorite non-Washington NFL player since Edron James. Like Cam was always your guy. Yeah, like pre-Cam. Did you ever have like a non-Panthers favorite player in the NFL? Oh, totally. I mean, I had uh, Marshall Falk. Like Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor. You know. Um, CJ, have you ever had a favorite NFL player that's not been a Steeler? I mean, you've had well, good I love players. Larry Johnson, too. When he, I mean, a lot of these are Fantasy related. related. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I had an odd love for Brian Erlacher as a kid. Yeah. So, I would, I'd go with him. All right. I like that. Chandler, how about you? Probably like Ray Lewis. All right. Fred Taylor. You like Ray Lewis off the field more than on the field, right? No, on the field. Oh, okay. Just make sure. Definitely on the field. I got two more. All right. It's it's not a tumor. (laughs) Fred Taylor, I liked a lot. And Plaxico, man. I always loved the Plaxico burst, dude. Yes. CJ was too young, probably, when Plaxico was a rookie, caught the pass over the middle, got up and spiked the ball, and then the other team 
got the fumble and started running down the field. You want to hear? He a, wasn't touched. He's had some bonehead mistakes in his life. Well, not to mention he shot himself yes, in the leg. But yes. Uh, you want to hear a random name that I liked? I, I love random likes. Yes. Keith Bullock. Keith Bullock from is. the Titans, linebacker for the Titans. Yeah. Why'd you like him? I just thought he was a. I mean, he was a beast. Yeah. He, he was. was he is like a. He, as a kid, you looked at him and you were like. He's your typical stereotypical linebacker. Like, he looks like his, you know, he's just big and bulky. He looks like his face has been beaten in. He looks mean. <laughs> All right. Uh, I used to like Kyle Vandenbosch. <laughs> okay, you're a weirdo, Chip. <laughs> but you're perfect for this segment. Connor Barwin, I used to like him. Are they all, what, all defensive guys? Connor Barwin? That he no played way. for the Eagles? And the Titans. I didn't like that guy. <laughs> I didn't like that um shirley rhodes loved eric metcalf you guys don't know who that is tony do you remember eric I metcalf do. return was he man a jet or a probably he was like a falcon oh he was a brown oh, okay remember that oh i do remember that um all right jamal charles loved him too yeah is this fantasy related yes yeah absolutely we all have our guys like brian westbrook i hated the eagles but he was on my team every year and i was a uh, fan of his work on the fantasy field so you're probably not a fan of this guy because he was in your division but brandon jacobs was a bulldozer yeah i respected him i like those big bulky running backs he was a bulldozer yeah, he'd run all over us and that was the time of fantasy football where those guys put up touchdowns where running backs everywhere. mattered yes man um sean alexander uh, priest Holmes. i hated him you know you won with those dudes i lost against those dudes <laughs> sean alexander five touchdowns in a one i mean he was yeah. always big in prime time i hated the seahawks team they were so boring and they'd always win their division and washington lost to them in 05 and 07 in the playoffs but it was just like Hasselback wasn't hardly doing anything. No, it'd at all. be 240 yards rushing. Yeah, and they'd play some pretty good defense, force a turnover, and that was when their crowd felt like they really impacted the game. Yeah, yeah. Too. And uh, then they got spoiled. Well, this is what happens when our team stinks. We start talking about old stuff because we don't want to face the now, and like we don't want to face or talk about last night. Uh that is a high drive to right. And how about Igo's Mariners? have put up three on the board in the top of the first against Alex Manoa. It is 3-0 Seattle. Wow. Igo is fired up somewhere on a plane right now. Nice. Uh, last night was awful. I, I heard uh, Dan Patrick, they said uh, Amazon crime. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Chandler, that was good. Uh, they had a whole bit where they just did a bunch of them, man. It was just... I saw a lot oh of. Oh my uh, Oh, they do like mock headlines or yeah, something. Yeah. Dude, do you know that this guy, this weirdo, this cringe of a person, Russell Wilson, had the nerve to say Bron- Broncos country, let's ride after his presser last night after the game. Why was he in his? Uh, he had the nerve to say Broncos country, and he said let's ride as he was walking off. You could barely hear him. He's like a little leaguer, like going home in his parents' yeah. van with his whole jersey. I on. mean, I don't feel like I usually see people in the press conferences with their football gear <laughs> because he's roasting, he's like he's ready to go for the next one tony he's gonna wear his <laughs> uniform all week because he's that you know determined mom has this. my fruit snacks waiting for me we're gonna uh, pick up some dairy queen on the way home <laughs> matt ryan and russell Chick-fil-A wilson sandwich they combined for zero touchdowns four interceptions and that pick russell wilson threw in the end zone 
I mean, we get on um, fifth-year starter Holt Nailers for throwing across the body against mm-hmm. Navy, and how could you do that? I mean, do you see what these other quarterbacks do that have been playing for 15 years longer than Holt Nailers? Well, I heard I heard something uh, that was kind of interesting is that a long time ago we'd say never throw across your body across the field and do that, and now we celebrate guys that can Patrick actually Mahomes. make that play. Yeah, like there's very few that yeah. do. And by the way, the end zone interception was the worst when it came to the time and situation. But how about the one... Wasn't that in the fourth quarter too, where he just threw like a hail mary? Oh, it was like a, it was a punt. Yeah, the guy caught it at like the like, five what yard is line. He doing? Like he is. He looked like he looks like he forgot how to play football. I mean, he really does. <laughs> and maybe it's the uniform. Like he's looking for a blue jersey. Maybe he's got elevation sickness. Could be. That's a thing where yeah. like your body has to adjust to thin air. But I tell you, this is this is I knew it. I've never liked Russell Wilson, particularly because he went to state. So just never like this person and then this year i decided to base some of my fantasy football strategy around him and what a terrible uh taking jerry judy yeah you know? but you know luckily i got jared goff uh and you <laughs> know words you luckily, never thought you'd say yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> but i can look at russell wilson and i can look at him and say okay i feel like there is there's some getting better to his performance this year at some point i look at matt ryan and i go there is no. Do you think hope. he's spent? He is done. He is absolutely well, done. Tired. He looked so awkward last night, double pumping all night long. Even the throws, some of the throws that he made were lucky to be caught. Matt yeah. Ryan looked absolutely awful. You're last lucky night. I caught this ball. He Matt. had some weird like hook shots. Hook shots, like where he were, just yeah, was strange. like, it was very strange looking for Matt Ryan. You were talking about how off the air, Tony, and we'll get into the Commanders, but like. Can you be mad at Carson Wentz when the O line is so bad? I felt that way watching the Colts last night. Ryan had tremendous pressure. No time, no time at all. And the gall of him to think he could outrun defenders out of the pocket. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what was he thinking? He'd like scramble out thinking he was Michael Vick, and then like get horse caught. Like I think I think Big Cat said it. He said it perfect last night on Twitter. He said, "I have said before, and I'll say it again." Matt Ryan leads the league in, in being sacked and looking like he's been dead, like he got killed. <laughs> and there was like a picture of Matt Ryan, and he was like deformed. Because like his body is like the uh, chalk outline every time. They, it was so bad. They scrape him off he the He leads turf. the league in that stat. <laughs> That's a sabermetric stat I want to see. I think the prop on him last night was a half yard rushing. Like he's I, I, like I worse say, than Tom Brady. I think he got it. <laughs> he got it. Or he has they don't, they don't count sacks it. against you right. in the NFL, right? right? They count knees, and he didn't take a knee. Uh, boy, the Broncos, man. Nathaniel Hackett. What a stud. Is this a Steve Wilkes situation? Is he done before it even Yeah, started? but I don't think people said Steve Wilkes didn't look like was the reason. that They just knew that the Cardinals were a mess. They had a rookie quarterback. Yeah, they had uh, Rosen. Josh Rosen, right? Yeah. Yeah. They made uh, something like 387 roster moves that year. <laughs> like, it was just what like, was, oh, uh, my God. What like, was the prop, Tony? From that right? half? It was, uh, it was either a half or one and a half. Yeah, one rush for one yard. Oh, wow. wow. Talk to your bookie. <laughs> have you got it on your prize picks? <laughs> Holy moly. All right. Hey, man, we have avoided Panthers talk for a segment. Woo! Well, yes. We did it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to the picks. When we return, 
And one man is standing above the rest when it comes to picking games so far this year on Fridays. And he will lead us off when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex-Mex Fusion Restaurant offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 1030 to 230. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at sidebar.greenville. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's Cliff Brock. All right, Football Friday, free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We got a 12-pack of Bud Light Seltzer on the line, a variety pack coming your way with the Cherry Cola Orange Soda. Classic Cola and Citrus Soda, Bud Light Seltzers. They can be yours. We'll open up the uh, booty bag coming up in the third hour of today's show. All right, uh, let's make some NFL picks, and we'll start with the Panthers and Niners. And Tony, uh, Panthers stink, but the Niners... <sighs> Jimmy G, I feel like, I have a theory. You know how we say like the NFL seems scripted and everything? Right. Like, I feel like Jimmy G. This guy's just throwing gas. <laughs> oh my god! I think they just like found him at a um, an agency, and he's an actor because like, he's so handsome. It's like Keanu Reeves playing in and he's the replacements. So not a great quarterback, but he just looks like he is. He looks like he should be a great quarterback. He's not the worst, though. That's the thing. He's not the worst. They say he has the second quickest release in the entire NFL, which is crazy. So he just, like, steps back three steps and then just throws it to a guy that he knows is going to be somewhere, just hopes for, hopes for the best. Throw it to Debo, and that's why Debo has uh, led the league in yak clash. Yeah. Yards after catch. Um, oh, by the way, before we get into the actual picks, I should say that Chan Man... 37 and 21 on top of the leaderboard. CJ has 34 wins on the year. Tony, 32. I still have a losing record picking games overall at 28 and 30, although I made a stride last week. So uh, I feel like I might win them all this week. Chandler, we're going to lead with you today because you are uh, on top of the leaderboard. 49ers at Panthers. There's no hope. There is no hope. There's no hope. Not only will the Panthers be outplayed, they will definitely, no doubt in my mind, be outcoached. 49ers over Panthers. All right. CJ. 49ers. I will take the 49ers. Tony, what are you – let's say you do have hope, and if you don't pretend you do, how could the Panthers win this game? What kind of game would it have to be for them to win? Um, Pick up first right. downs. Okay, so what they would have to do is expose Jimmy G as the actor he is. And <laughs> this defense will have to score um, more than two touchdowns. Because they scored one last week. Yeah, that wasn't enough. Not enough. <laughs> and they've scored another one earlier in the season. I don't think it was enough. Listen to this, Chandler. 
the 32nd offense in the league. Dead last, the Carolina Panthers will be hosting a team that's just struggled to get it done against, by the way, some of the worst teams in the league, like the Giants, like arguably the Browns, yeah, the Cardinals, or will be hosting. It's going to be a home invasion at this point of Marauders, the number one defense in the league at only 219 yards per game. Mm. They only allow 11.5 points per game. This defense, Mike Mialko, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's a long-term analyst for the San Francisco 49ers, said that this defense, the secondary, he believes, is the best since the 1994 Super Bowl team. I think Deion Sanders. Deion was a, Sanders, yeah. Yeah. Nick Bosa, who leads the league in pressures, they have... They had 36 pressures last week yeah. against the Rams. And listen, the Rams defense, to put it in the little contest with Aaron Donald and some studs on that, only had five pressures against Jimmy G. I don't know how the Panthers – the only way, Clip, is this, is that weird crap happens every week in football. That's all you got to hang your head on. That's it. But other than that, there's no reason to there's pick – no hope. There's no reason to pick the Carolina Panthers. A massacre at Bank of America that could result in the death of Matt Rule. Mm. <laughs> Give me I, the Panthers. No, <laughs> the 49ers. I went to a Washington Niners game in 2000 and I'm going to say 10. And it was terrible. But there was so many Niners fans wearing Jerry Rice and Joe Montana jerseys. And uh, I think we'll see. I think you'll see a lot of Niners fans no at the game on uh, no doubt about Sunday. it. Well, I hope some, they uh, get to see a good team. I hope they get their team wins for them. Well, all right. We go to London. How about this, Tony? All the London games we've talked about, picked over the years, watched on television early morning Sunday. This is the first time it'll feature two teams with a winning record at the time of the game. Huh. Usually, it's two teams that are terrible. Well, usually, it's like the Jags and yeah, the so. Jets. I have a trivia question for Tony that I asked you earlier this week, Clip. Who was the first player to score a touchdown in a London game? The year was 2007, Tony. 07? Yes. I mean, you got to give him some kind of clue. A hint is a team that is playing in the game this weekend was featured in that game. Who was that player? Giants, 2007. That was the year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, Tiki Barber. Yeah, it's a good guess. Good guess. It is actually a quarterback, and it is Eli Manning. Okay. And what, he rushed it in? I'm going to ask. His only rushing touchdown in the NFL history. Here we go. I'm going to ask you the follow-up question I had for them. How many rushing touchdowns did Eli Manning have in his career, Tony? Seven. Tony Dunn. Wow. Did I get it? You are on the nose. On the nose. Seven rushing touchdowns. On the it's year, like the first quit. That, that's big time for me. Right you should now. walk out of the studio I, right I, I'm now. I'm going. No, I got to go get a scratch off ticket on the way home. Giants versus Packers in London. Giants are three and one. Who's going to be their quarterback? AJ McCarron. Is that who some people said? Good Lord, I'll take the Packers. They're not bad. I have not. Uh, Wait, what's, what's wrong with Daniel Jones? Ankle sprain. Oh. Daniel Jones will start okay. ankle sprain against the Packers. Uh, and the only good thing about Daniel Jones's game is his ability to run at yeah, times. So, true. like, now he's going to stink. They have less passing yards uh, than the Carolina Panthers. Huh, wow. Think about that. Mm. 
I don't love the Packers this year, but I'm taking them in this game. I will take Green Bay. I do love the Packers this year. Maybe not as a playoff team, but to get it done in the regular season, I do. Why, How do you, you love a look? team that might not make the playoffs? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't love them once they get to the playoffs. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Fair. Yeah. But for now, That's give me the That's a good answer. Yeah. Good response to a difficult question. <laughs> All right, I thought my question was valid. That's what I'm saying. But then his answer was, was good, was good because he clarified his statement. <laughs> go, Pat, go. Great uh, communication there. All right, Steelers at Bills. This is our survivor pick this week. I will take Buffalo. Tony, what is the line on this game? 14 and a half. See, I hate now that you look at lines. I can't surprise you anymore with lines. No, I just know this is I always think of the Bills as either double digits or single digits. And this is a super duper double digit. Two touchdown. The only pause I have is last year, these two teams met in Buffalo. And guess what happened? The Steelers won. What was the, what's the line? That's 14. Oh, I I did not look at them before oh. it came in. I just guessed it. You were on fire today, my Yeah, friend. that's what I'm saying. Oh, good for you. Uh, 14, so you're all over it. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. Me too. Uh, Kenny Pick again, his first start, CJ? Yes, doesn't matter. Bills by a lot. Well, that, I that first pass he threw the interception on, that was a bomb, though. It was. You know, I will also say, I will also say, it was not his fault. Right, Chase Claypool is around. Yeah, Chase Claypool is six foot plus. You don't need to be catching a ball on with your, your hands outstretched. Yeah. yeah. How about his go second, up and get it? His second interception. I would. How about his third? Well, we were going to get to that. <laughs> I would say the second interception was worse than the first. How about his third? Say hail Mary. What do you want? <laughs> All right. How about the first one he throws in the first quarter on Sunday? Ooh. <laughs> Prize pick. Wow. Kenny Pickett. INT. Over three and a half. Oh, good. <laughs> Over. Uh, all right, you're going to take the Bills, CJ? Yes. Mike Tomlin, non-winning season this year? Uh-oh. Probably. Yeah, well, finally. I saw a report today that said TJ Watt has gotten, has is now facing a setback Ooh. in uh, his rehab probably good i mean it's better to be bad than it is to just be six seven games yeah you're probably right i'll i'll take it all right uh chandler uh despite their loss at home against the jets last week and his and his interceptions last week against the jets i'm excited about i'm excited for pittsburgh fans and their new era at quarterback with kenny pickett but he's going to have uh, his welcome to the nfl moment this week when von miller <laughs> just chomps him down so give me the bills and <laughs> God, ain't it frustrating when your team goes and gets a quarterback and they, like, QB1, Mitchell Trubisky, and everybody outside of the team walls is like, hey, you know this isn't going to work, right? Like, this is a uh, this is not going to go well. And they, they just pretend for four months everything's going to be fine, and now they're benching him. The sad thing is it, Mitch might not have been the entire problem, though. No, nah, I mean, they you got know, a lot of is issues. That, like, mm-hmm. is that he – I mean, I know he's bad, but, like, nothing's going right there. No. They no, the can never run the football. No. Never. Ever. Never. Like, their run game has been, for years, Ben Roethlisberger three-yard passes, right? Right. So – Look, I was saying before the uh, NFL draft last year, I don't – I didn't know if I wanted Najee Harris because there were – other positions to address including the offensive line which you need the line first before you get the running back yeah 
And Najee has turned out to have been a really good player, so I'm not upset with it, but Only we still could have addressed it. But yeah. they're worried about how many miles he has on his tires already. Right. And, you know, and you're right, it's not paying off at this moment. Right. Like, it's better to add a running back when you're a piece or two away rather than in need of retooling. Agreed. Chandler, I'm going to give you some credit. Uh, for picking the Falcons last week to beat I the know. Browns. That was a good one. Uh, the Falcons are a little feisty, aren't they? Yeah. And I just, I like the Falcons at home, too. But what? In, the, in that game. What are the Browns? Chargers at Browns. The Browns are not feisty. I'm I'm going Chargers there. Mm-hmm. I will as well. I don't feel great about it. Why not? Because they're the Chargers. They almost blew a, like, 28-point lead to Houston last week. The Chargers charge. <laughs> they have a lot of talent on that team. They should win. They always do. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll hey, take the Chargers. Down. All right. Uh, CJ. I will also take the Chargers. This, is, also, a, this is a mistake. You seem very passionate about the, loss, about the Chargers. <laughs> I'm just... I, I, I don't Let's know. talk about how the Browns always brown. I know. I know. That's why this is a tough game to pick. <laughs> Bears at Vikings. Stress out about this game. <laughs> Who wants it less? I'll take Kirk Cousins at home to look really good against the Bears. Yeah, the Bears are horrific. I'm not choosing the Bears. But the defense is all right. Vikings. Ever? I'm not choosing a team where their quarterback <laughs> cannot complete more than eight passes. I am passionate about this, and so is Chandler, and I'm glad. I mean, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. Cho- just like I'm not going to choose my team, who's quarterback has the worst QBR in the league. I'm not choosing a team whose quarterback cannot averages eight completions a game. That's How sad. How do they have more yards per game than the Panthers? That is that, <laughs> that's the crazy. That is I, I can't I can't choose the Bears. Give me the Vikings at home. Well, the Panthers spend a lot of their games going in reverse, right? T- taking away yards. I uh, like when they asked Justin Fields. One of the reporters said, uh, "So when do you think you you think you're going to get the offense clicking or something?" He's like. What do you mean? Like he said, he acted like uh, he's like I, I don't care about that. It's like it's fine, it's fine. We're winning. We're doing what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Seventy-five yards passing a week. Uh, Vikings, 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 Vikings. Everybody's on the uh, Vikings. Lions and Patriots. I'll start with you here, Tony. I'm all, I'm all Detroit man. I want Deuce Daly as our next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Jared Goff could save my fantasy football team actually he has been my starter almost all season said i was an idiot last week and didn't start him started russell wilson who still got 30 points i lost by 10 my quarterback had 30 jared goff had 40 man this guy how are they so good they don't even have great players well they're doing a lot of uh garbage points too so it's they've won a game already right they're they're the top scoring off. How about this? They're two and two. Or are they one and three? They're one and three. One and three. They're. Um, I heard. Uh, pull up how many. Um, how many? Uh, I think it's uh, points they've scored this year versus points allowed. <laughs> oh, they're number one in points scored and thirty-two in points allowed. Yeah, and it's like uh, so they have this crazy number. You're like, oh, they scored four hundred and eighty points already, or something, and it's, or it's like. I wonder what it is. It's probably they're averaging four hundred thirty-six yards a game, which is tops in the NFL. Um, Their defense just stinks, and for a team that's supposed to bite you off at the kneecaps, man. Yeah, uh, I worry about Aaron Glenn. I don't know uh, how long he's going to be able to. 
continue to coach that defense. Yeah. I liked him in hard knocks. Yeah. God bless like, his soul. Uh, but I am taking the Lions to beat the Patriots, who the Patriots might be. Who are they even starting their quarterback? Zappy! Could be Zappy, oh, Zappy. I'll take the... I'll take the Lions. I'll take the Lions. Here you go. I don't like this. I'm taking the Lions, too. Uh-oh. Chandler? Now it's all in, we're in mm. trouble. Are y'all, all y'all taking the Lions? Yeah. I'll go Patriots. I think that's a smart move. I'll go uh, Patriots. Seahawks and Saints. We'll pick one it's more. It's going to be like a... What's the over on this? You should probably take the under. Lions, Seahawks, Saints. Saints. Did I hear you say off the, uh, off the air a while ago that the Saints were five-point favorites? Yeah. I really? Think, yeah. That seems way too high to it me. It does. I Man. I would have said like two. Yeah. Field goal. Uh, the Seahawks are not good. Were you, were you talking about over-under for this game or for the, the previous Pats. game? For the Pets. They're both at 45, this game and the previous game. I, I Patriots was, are going to try to play a dull yeah, I think 17. this is – I'm taking the under on that game. Yeah. Like a surprise, the number one offense fizzles out against Oh, I could see that. Belichick. And I could see golf upsetting you uh, for one week. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what Belichick's going to try to do is play yeah. a low-scoring game. I kind of want to take the Seahawks here. I'm, do it. I'm not. Me I, either. I don't have the onions quite yet. And, I'll take the Saints. Uh, Andy Dalton will be starting again for the Saints this week. Hmm. Which is good. Oh, I guess they played better last year confirmed. with him. What about uh, um, Geno Smith has the highest completion percentage rate through the first four games in NFL history? Wow, he's 102 for 131 throwing. That is crazy. He's got seven, it's like a 78% completion rate. What's the average yards per pass? <laughs> Look, like and I, look, I know a lot of people are doing better than Russell Wilson, but what a slap to the face. <laughs> what an absolute slap to the face for this, this trade deal. When Geno Smith, in almost every single statistical uh, category at quarterback, for the position of quarterback, is doing better than a man that is being paid $250 million mm. by and, the Broncos. And, and they took your draft head picks. To head. Mm. He is doing extremely better. I, 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 I'm extremely. I don't know, but he is doing better, <laughs> better than Russell Wilson. I'm and I'm just putting that out. There. I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> Me too. I'll um, take the Seahawks because I think it'd be funny. Nice. Chandler, I'll, I'll, mm. Go, I'll go, you got to roll with Gino now. I'm, yeah, I'm going with Seahawks. All right. Seahawks. Hey, you just gave an impassioned speech. I think you had to do it. All right, we'll come back. We got more picks to go. We'll take a break and uh, have more for you. On Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Back with you with more NFL picks after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. ECU football alum Dakota Marshall is the owner of First and Goal Hauling. With a fleet of dump trucks, hauling dirt, asphalt, and stone, with First and Goal Hauling, is where it's a touchdown every time. Follow First and Goal Hauling on Facebook today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. 
All right, CJ Schaefer here, Chandler Honeycutt here, Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast, CarolinaCatChronicles.com, hanging out on a football Friday, making some NFL picks. We now go to New York, where the Dolphins take on the Jets. Teddy Two Gloves quarterbacking for Miami, and Zach Wilson made his return last week, correct? Yeah, and they went on the road and beat... We was know. It, was it? It was on the road, right? Yeah. Okay. Beat Pittsburgh. It hurts. This I could actually see the Jets winning. I could as well. Um, I don't feel great. I'm taking the Dolphins. I am as well. All right. I'm too skittish to take the Jets. I'll go Dolphins. Okay. I'm gonna go Jets at home. But don't, right. don't the Jets already have two wins this year? They yes. do. You're right. They're like having that on their best season already, and like one a of those wins was uh, a comeback from 13 points down with a minute and a half. Who led that drive? Who led that comeback? Joe Flacco. That was against the Brownies? Yes. Yeah. There you go. All right. Falcons at Bucks. I uh, love the Bucks this week to uh, take care of business. The Bucks defense is still very, very good, even though they played a juggernaut. And that's why I love them this week because they were embarrassed by Patrick Mahomes last week. I'll take the Bucks as well. Me too. I'll go Bucks at home. Titans at Commanders. I'll let y'all go first. I've picked against the Titans a little bit too much this season when I I got down on them early. I'm going Titans here. Um, I want the Titans, but this feels... Like a trap. Yes. <laughs> I'll take them, but I'm not confident. Chandler, closet Titans fan. I'd say you're almost out of the closet. You like the Titans. Well, here's an interesting fact for people that don't know. 2008 to 2010 i was a titans fan i was a titans fan folks Hmm. just like every single week you look to see if the the commanders are on tv i used to well i used to every single sunday see if chris johnson and the tennessee titans were going to be playing on sunday yeah so the interesting fact there i am going to go my former team my former uh my former fandom titans I am taking the Commanders. Why, you ask? Because, A, it's the NFL. Right. B, Ron Rivera loves winning when his ass cheeks get hot on that hot seat. And it's the Titans. They Could you not see Tanithril coming in and sucking and them, like, scoring 12 points or something? I mean, I could see it happening. So, I have no reason at all to believe in Washington right now after how they've been playing. But – this is my chalk it up to it being the NFL pick. Um, man, it's crazy how the Texans and the Jags play twice. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take one on each. I'm, I'm human. <laughs> I made a mistake, okay? By the way. I don't care about these commanders. I have a PSA. What's that? For people. It's 2022. We're all grown adults here. There's some things we should know by now. And I know they don't teach this in class, but they should. A lot of people complaining last week in the one o'clock hour. Why is the Simpsons on? Where's the game? Where's the Cowboys? Well, here's how they do it. Every week, a network gets a doubleheader. Sometimes Correct. it's Fox. Sometimes it's CBS. Last week, CBS had the doubleheader. And the Panthers played at 4.05. Why? Because it's stupid. I don't know. Agreed. But that was the only Fox game we could get in this area. So there was no game on at one on Fox because there was one on CBS and then two games in the four o'clock hour on CBS. So this week, when you're wondering when little Chandler goes to the the newspaper, Daddy, Daddy, does Chris Johnson and the Titans play on TV? 
no son they don't because cbs has the single game this week and the panthers play at four o'clock and it's a cbs game why i don't know because anytime they host a oh nope no, never mind it's, it's nfc dang it yeah uh but anyway no uh commanders titans on tv hey that's yeah, a gift <laughs> yeah be thankful don't what be is asking on, what is on television what's the one o'clock for fox two? yeah atlanta at tampa bay Ugh. And, and then we get dallas rams dallas Rams. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one so there you go all right there's your psa folks texans at jags part one <laughs> i will take trevor lawrence and the jags i as i will as well me too four fumbles last week oh what a disaster jags eagles are tough Texans at Jags part two. We all going to take the same team? Correct. Okay. I think right. so. I'll just mark that out then. Cowboys at Rams. I read a quote uh, snippet from Sean McVay that the Rams are putting in a silent count this week because of all the Cowboys fans that are going to be in L.A. Will that factor into your pick at all? Could be a home atmosphere for Dallas. Could and be. it's a home atmosphere for anybody that's an away opponent for uh, or at the Rams, such a stale plastic fake environment. And it's Remember also that season the same opener thing. against the Bills. It just sounds weird. I don't know. It it's doesn't... the same thing for Las Vegas too. Like the Broncos, the la- last yeah, week. Well, Broncos. Well, and it's right there yeah. close to each other. But I mean, it was orange in that state. Yeah. This is the same thing. I mean, it kind of happened to San Diego a little bit. Yeah, and yep. that is when the city itself is cooler than the game of football. <laughs> then it's hard for you to get amped. I mean, think of that. You're in Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas. You're in L.A. It's L.A. You're in San Diego. It's the best weather in the world. Yeah. So um, I will be taking the Rams here, but I do – this is a game I'm trying to pick. I always look down the list and I say, which is the one that doesn't make sense that could happen? And that Cowboys defense, that front – front. look, we just saw – the 49ers harassed the mess out of uh, Sam Bradford last week. And then you th- think that... Oh, uh, you mean Sam. Sam. Or, I said Sam Bradford. Whatever his name is. What's his name? Who? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. I called him Sam Bradford. Hey, show the Super Bowl champion a little bit of respect. Um. Anyway, you could see that. I don't, I'm not ready to pick it, but you, you got to be worried if you're the Rams about how that front's going to hold up against the Cowboys. And then if you're Cooper Rush, you got to worry about one man, Aaron Donald. I loved the Rams and Stafford all last year. They are off my love list this year, but I will take them in this game. Give me the Rams. They are also off my love list and have been since the first game of the season when they looked really bad against the Bills. Um, I think Micah Parsons is putting together a defensive player of the year. Kind of I'm kind of wanting to pick it now. I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys. You you are available to pick it, Tony, until Chandler picks his. I'm going to go Cowboys. Oh, no, then I'm staying. <laughs> I just made up that rule. You can pick whoever you want, whenever you want. So, uh, so Cowboys, okay. I, the Cooper Rush thing's got to stop. It's got to end this week. Aaron Donald, welcome He's gonna to He's going to murder him. Eagles at Cardinals. Tony's always looking for the upset pick. You said earlier, could this be it? Yeah, I don't think it is. You watched the Cardinals last week. What did you think? They were terrible. You said going into the game they stink. Coming out of the game, you they were the not way? good yeah. either way. The that was a that just... was a put on the circus music. 
in the first half of that game. Both teams going for it on fourth down, not getting it. There were fumbles. Nobody can make any points. It out was of it. gross. Yeah, uh, I'll take the Eagles too. The Eagles are legit. They're my team this year. I think they're like arguably a top three team in the NFL. I'll take the Eagles as well. I like them a lot. I didn't think we'd be saying that because it shows how much of a step or two Jalen Hurts has taken this year. Uh, their stat and their passer. defense, Dude. man. Yeah. And, and James Bradbury is Hassan Reddick. Yeah, I saw somebody say after the Washington uh, Philly game that it wasn't so much about coaching and scheming and all that. The Eagles roster compared to Washington's roster is not even close. It was like it's like college versus it. Like they I were agree with that. Like just lauding the uh, the Philly roster. They but compiled. your your roster is underperforming like crazy too. Yeah. So, well, we got one guy that got shot. He's back. He's, yeah, might be back. Brian Robinson. Uh, who'd you pick? Eagles? Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. CJ, AFC North, Sunday night. Good news. We get Lamar on primetime instead of these crap quarterbacks we've been seeing. Uh, Bengals at Ravens. I will take the Ravens. Still not a believer in the Bengals. Same here. What if the Ravens get up by 14? I know, and then Burrow. I'll take the Bengals if that's the case. Uh, Ravens flock. CJ, I, I took, and today is a Flex Friday on prize picks where they give you this crazy awesome deal to, if you pick five and you win at five, you get 15 times. So five turns into $75. And uh, I went Burrow under 36 attempts. Okay. I like it. Clip told me he's nervous about it no, because well, he said that, which makes sense. Is, is they get up. If the Ravens get up, uh, yeah, then you got to try chunking. to do some catching up, I guess. And the Ravens are two and two. They have trailed 14 seconds this season. They've been demolishing and people two. early, and yeah. then they'll lose in the last second too. Yeah. Uh, Monday night Raiders at Chiefs. Boy, did the Chiefs flex their muscle last Sunday night? Uh, I think they continue flexing. Um, did I pick the Raiders last week? Because they ended up betting. They on, did yeah, win, did. didn't they? Yep. Um, they stink, though. I'm I taking don't the think Chiefs. They stink. But I'll take the Chiefs. I don't think the Ravens are. Or I'm sorry. Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are too bad. But I still think the gap between the two teams is way too wide. I'll take the Chiefs. Probably the Chiefs are on like a revenge tour or they something are, like yeah, hey did y'all like we're back y'all love the bills you know lost to the Bengals last year y'all forgot about us everybody was talking about you know herbert uh josh allen guys like that and patrick mahomes said hey guys yeah i'm here too herbert's in his own division russell wilson going to the broncos the chiefs are doing this hey you know don't forget we're about still us, here buddy. yeah yeah uh chandler the, Ch- the chiefs are still here revenge tour i'm buying a ticket to the concert give me chiefs (laughs) all right thank you uh all right gentlemen tony anything else uh post game show uh another late one how'd the late one go for you they're not they're later (laughs) (laughs) i'll salute you guys by the way for having to talk about this team to have to talk about this franchise i mean and and clip's been through it with the coach mo era that's what i told him but man I, i mean and you guys do it what three or four times a week a yeah, show? yeah. I saw uh, this week, uh, clip or this past week, clip we had over 550, I think, live viewers at one point. Our awesome. biggest show since Cam Newton came back for 
uh, and when they signed him. So that was pretty wild. When so, things are really good or when they're really bad, you, yeah, that's when you like get a lot for of talk radio, you want to, to you do one not way or want, the other. If it's seven and nine or what is it now, seven and ten, that's yeah. the worst. Good point. Yep. Uh, Friday free for all coming up tonight, Tony. It is. Yeah. So you can come on and uh, have your voice heard. On top of that, I'm starting to oh. Uh, Tuesday night, we got a surprise interview with Matt Rule. Oh, the the guy, the guy, oh, that, wow, the okay. guy, the yeah. rap mule. The at, at the end of the he day, he does radio, or yeah, he does, he does some kind for ninety nine point nine, the fan in Raleigh, I think, is. But he does this great oh, Matt good Rule uh, impression. Really so we're gonna come on him. He's gonna come on and do a bit on Tuesday, Paul's and I'm also. Um, gonna get uh we're lining up jonathan stewart potentially come on he's very active on social too, media. Huh? yeah he's cool. very active on social media yeah and the fan, right. fan accounts let's take a uh thanks tony you're welcome take a break we'll come back morgan aylers joins us on the other side we're back with you after this come on back now Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. And it's the best place in town to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town. Sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is Clip Rock. We got wild card playoff drama. The Blue Jays uh, had two on with Vlad Jr. up, but Luis Castillo gets him to pop out. Inning over, crisis averted. Mariners still lead the Blue Jays 3-0 in game one of that wild card series. And we got bases loaded. One man out in the top of the ninth. It is Cardinals two, Phillies one. The Cardinals just hit a batter to bring in a run. And now uh, they are trying to get out of this jam. Phillies trying to keep this one alive or take the lead here in the ninth inning. Earlier today, Guardians beat the Rays 2-1. to one. Cleveland leading that three-game series 1-0 on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. So we've got playoff baseball going on, preseason hoops, and uh, gearing up for some ECU basketball. And, of course, another great football weekend, which will uh, kick off tonight with high school football, some college football as well. But Morgan Aylers will have you covered on the high school huddle coming up at 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. He joins us now on the Pit Electric Live Line. Morgan, how you doing? Good afternoon, Clip Brock. Good afternoon, everybody there. It is a beautiful beautiful night for some high school football we got some big games coming up tonight a beautiful night for a rivalry game morgan as conley will take on rose and boy felt pretty good about conley when they were up 21 nothing on havelock and they let that one slip away big win for coach wooten and the rams to come back and knock off the vikings and short week morgan they got to uh shake that one off quick from monday night and uh, get ready for a really good opponent tonight in jh rose 
Yeah, that's going to be a big game at um, J.H. Rose High School tonight. You know, the Rampants are 6-1. and one. Conley, I believe, is 3-3 three and three on the season. Uh, disappointing loss uh, to Havelock, as you mentioned, on Monday night. And the Rampants are having a little bit of time to relax. They beat North uh, Jacksonville Northside last Thursday night. So they've had a little bit more time to recover, and the Vikings have had to bank uh, everything into that compressed three-day period. So, uh, But I think you can throw the records out. I think both of these teams are really going to go at it. They're both well-coached. I think the Rampants have a lot of skill in the uh, wide receiver room and at quarterback, and I think that's really made been a difference this year. But I think Conley has some skill in the secondary. So it's going to be a really exciting matchup. I think this will probably be a little bit closer than people might think. Uh, I imagine the crowd tonight is going to be absolutely uh, nuts over there. You might you want to get there early if you want to be there for that 7 o'clock kickoff. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Pitt Electric Live Line. What an at-bat by Gene Segura. Knocks in two runs, and the Phillies now have the lead over the Cardinals 3-2 to two in the ninth inning. And uh, I blame that on the Cardinals not having Alec Burleson on their playoff roster. They deserve what happens to them. Uh, so now the Cardinals trail trying to get out of this top of the ninth inning. Morgan, uh, what other area games are you looking forward to uh, talking about tonight on the huddle? Well, you've got Aiden Griffin at, at North Pitt tonight. Uh, North Pitt uh, trying to get things back uh, righted again. And Aiden Griffin, Coach Todd Life and their team, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They've had a lot of issues with some players as far as health, uh, being able to play, whether it's uh, a little bit of COVID has hit them at times this year, believe it or not. They've been bugged by that the last couple of years. They're 0-7 on the season, but uh, they're not giving up. That'll be a good game tonight. You've got Farmville Central they're hosting tonight. And Washington, I think they've got a tough one tonight with West Craven. There's some, uh, some really good games. South Central uh, has their bye week, and then they needed to. They're trying to regroup a little bit with Coach Robert Wilbert over there. We'll talk with him coming up here in just a little while and get what his thoughts on what a bye week can mean as they gear up for the last part of the season. So, you know, got a big show coming up. Uh, you know, talk to the coaches, talk with uh, the folks in the media that will be covering it. And it's just it's such a good time to, to for high school football. I love doing the show every Friday night. Looking forward to it. It'll lead into Conley Rose coming up tonight right here on Pirate Radio. Morgan, uh, what a difference a week makes for this ECU offense. Holt Naylor's AAC Player of the Week, a 41-point first-half explosion for the Pirates last week as he was hooking up with the uh, Conley connection there. C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, Ryan Jones, everybody getting into the mix last week. When that offense is going like that, Morgan, it's a uh, beautiful thing to watch. It really is, and, you know, I'm so happy to see C.J. have the game he had last week. You know, everybody's talking, you know, his grandmother passing away, but sort of reminded me a little bit of what happened when, when Holton was a senior and one of his best friends had passed and the game he had at South Central that night. Uh, so, you know, sort of a little bit of divine help and pushing people along a little bit, and I think that happened a little bit last week. And really good to see C.J. out there. And all the guy. I mean, the football is from a receiver standpoint – you look at the distribution that they had was really incredible, and that's we've talked about it. When East Carolina can do that defensively, it's really hard to stop. I mean, uh, because then your running game opens up, and hopefully that will happen tomorrow. Though Tulane's got a really good defense, you know they're they're highly rated. Uh, I don't know if they've faced anybody like in East Carolina yet, so we'll have to see how that goes, and hopefully the defense will. 
show up and uh, be able to stop that two-lane offense. And, uh, man, it's a great matchup. It opened as a pick The line has uh, moved into two-lane's favor, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Pirates. But uh, pivotal matchup in the American. We were looking at the standings earlier Morgan and uh, a big one tonight as Memphis takes on Houston. Memphis already two and zero in league play, trying to get to three and zero. Houston trying to not get their second conference loss of the season, and we're still waiting to see. You know, Cincinnati without Ritter and Sauce Gardner and all those guys are, are they head and shoulders above everybody? I don't think so. So it's uh, it's kind of you know scoreboard watching time as uh, we look around this league and, and we were saying earlier too how many losses combined will the teams have that make it to the American Championship? Could it be three? Could it be four? Like I think this, this thing's going to go back and forth this year which uh, I guess my point is Tulane ECU a very important game tomorrow for those conference standings. It, it really is and you know Coach Fritch does a great job with Tulane's really built that program up but Coach Houston's done the same thing here in East Carolina and I totally agree with what you're saying. There's not going to be an undefeated team going into the, the conference championship. I think there will be two or three losses because I think any team out there with maybe just a couple of exceptions can beat anybody on a given night. And I will say this, South Florida can beat some of those teams that we played last week. And you know, the first half obviously didn't look like it, but they got into a little bit of a rhythm in the second half, and they haven't been able to do that all year. And they've got some athletes down there, and they, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see them pull off an upset or two as the season goes on. I don't think they're going to have a great year, but they're capable of beating anybody. And uh, you know, it's going to be a fun season in the AAC now. Again, you're not going to have that undefeated Cincinnati team that makes it to the Final Four, but you know, I think you're going to have some really good teams. And I still think East Carolina is going to be right in the thick of that. And I said at the beginning of the year, wouldn't not, I'm picking East Carolina to play in the championship game. Need to win tomorrow and keep that train a rolling. Morgan Ayler's joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Morgan, appreciate your time today on the show, and uh, we'll hear from you coming up at six o'clock. Thanks a lot, Cliff. You guys have a great weekend. You too. There is DJ Captain Morgan joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Chan Man, let's give away some beer on a Friday. We've talked football on a football Friday. It's time for the free beer part of the Free Beer Friday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. Caller 4. I'm going to walk my fat ass out of the studio and answer the phone and pick up caller number 4. And I'm going to tell you that you're a winner right now of a case of Bud Light Seltzer. So get in now. 317-1250. We're back with your winner and with Brian North after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back to the show east carolina chrysler dodge jeep ram is a family-run dealership that creates a family-like atmosphere for their customers east carolina chrysler dodge jeep ram has one of the biggest used car inventory 
inventories in Eastern North Carolina. Shop online today at EastCarolinaChryslerDodge.com. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. Go Pirates! And congratulations to Preston Morgan for winning today's Free Beer Friday. She gets a pack of Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Why are you smiling? Do you know a uh, female Preston? I know former intern Preston. Preslin? Okay. Do you know any male Prestons? All right. I'm just asking. I don't now. I thought I did. A male Preston? Yeah. Yeah, I went to school with one. Yeah, that's a dude's name. I I don't know any Prestons, so (laughs) I apologize deeply. It's fine. It's a dude. Maybe just go with Day next time. Oh, did you say oh, we're she? doing that now? I did. Apparently, I, I actually didn't oh, even know I boy. did that. <laughs> you did. Oh, I apologize. Boy. It's not. It's not. What are you doing? It's not a big deal, but it just no. It's not. Call me. I will. I will hand deliver the Bud Light seltzers myself to you, Preston. Uh, Cardinals fans uh, are sick of Alec Burleson not being on the playoff roster, so they're leaving the game before it's over. Kind of like, speaking of leaving the game before it's over, how about the Broncos fans last night? Don't blame them. <laughs> leaving Don't blame them. before overtime even started. But, I laughed out loud, and you know what? I'm like you, Clip. I don't blame them. I would have been right there with them. Why would disaster. you wait and watch more of that crap? Oh, happen. I know. Uh, the Cardinals were looking to shut out the Phillies, but they gave up not one, not, not two, two, not, not three. three. What about not four? four? What about five? Not five. What about six? But six runs in the ninth, and the Phillies lead it six to two in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, uh, Seattle up three nothing on the Blue Jays. Those are your updates on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Coming up later tonight, it is uh, Padres Mets going on at eight oh seven. All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line. We will talk some football with Brian North, who joins us today. Beautiful night for some high school football. North, how you doing today? Doing great. Not only a great night for football, but a bunch of great games on the schedule. So we're pretty excited about this evening and uh, ready to get it on and see who comes out on top. There's a difference between like a great game on the schedule and a great matchup. I guess what I'm getting to, will Conley Rose be a great game? Can Conley hang with uh, these rampants, Brian? Uh, probably for a half. I don't know if they can make it all the whole four quarters. Just based on the effort they had to put in Monday night and then losing Monday night, so hard to recharge the body, the body in that short of time and then get ready to go and then play really intense, emotional four quarters. So I expect this one to be closed. Anytime you have homecoming, which Rose has, that to me that's always a signal of an upset because people aren't always focused on the game. So you've got uh, some extracurricular stuff going on there that could take away from game preparation this week. So I, just based on the rivalry aspect, I think Conley can stick with him for a while. I think that fourth quarter, maybe that rest factor helps Rose pull away. What other big matchups are you looking forward to covering tonight, Brian? Yeah, well, besides the Family Unity Bowl, and let me oh, yeah. continue to plug that because I uh, I will live that to the day I die. <laughs> Family Unity Bowl. Yes. Uh, don't know it? Google it. It's uh, I keep perpetuating it. They keep trying to introduce belts and trophies and other things to make it go away, but I won't. So yeah. Family Unity Bowl between Colleen Rose. We've got the Anchor Bowl between Northside and Southside of Beaufort County. That's a big one. And also, uh, right down the road from the Pirate Radio uh, Studios, Farmville Central, winners of four in a row. A first-place battle with Wes Craven right there in Jaguar territory, Dixon Saul Steel. So that's a huge one that we've got going on as well. 
Brian North joining us today, getting you ready for your football weekend. We got Pirate football coming up Saturday. We'll be with you 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 3.30 kickoff. Big one here. It's we go. We went over to over the years with uh, with Igo. It seems like every year ECU Tulane is pivotal for one reason or another. Like are you sometimes it's are you going to have a decent season or a winning season this year? It's you know can you stay alive in the AAC race? And uh, both of these teams have those aspirations. Certainly Tulane undefeated in league play, just one loss on the year to Southern Miss and East Carolina had the head scratcher and the one they wish they could have back against Navy, but they go out, win on the road at South Florida, kind of keeps them alive for now, Brian. So a, a huge matchup, huge game coming up tomorrow. Yeah, maybe they need the chip on their shoulder to continue to play well every week. I still, I, I've been making these comparisons since the day he was hired, Mike Houston and Skip Holtz. And when Skip Holtz was rebuilding the program from the John Thompson era, you know, he went through those years where they, they just had some games they would lose occasionally in building into those two conference championships. And this has the same feel. There's going to be one step backwards to get a running start to get two steps forwards on this deal. And maybe losing the Navy was the catalyst they needed to remember to retain that focus week in and week out. And even when you don't play your best, you've got to come with it. Having said that, the margin for error obviously is a lot less. And Tulane is not – I still, in my mind, in the back of my mind, Tulane is that easy win every year. And I know that's not been the reality, but when I first came on the scene and EC was covering the green wave, they were coming off that one great undefeated season – with Tommy Bowden as the head coach and Sean King as the quarterback, but ECU had their way for them uh, with them for a while. And somewhere along the line, I kept quit paying attention, and Tulane got good again and beat the Pirates a few times. So, but this is no, this is a huge game um, for that conference. And and look, Central Florida's right there at four and one now, and SMU, you know, is, is decent, and uh, Memphis is always there. So, very little room for error right now for the Pirates. Talking to Brian North, and uh, still trying to figure out the difference from the Navy game and the USF game when it comes to the Pirates offense and the way they were clicking against the Bulls and we're not doing anything really against Navy. And I've asked multiple people this week and Holt Naylor's kind of chalked it up to, you know, in life, some days you have good days and bad days. Well, that happens in football. And, you know, Kevin Monroe, when I asked him, he said Navy was all in the face of Holt Naylor's got much more of a pass rush. There wasn't any of that really against South Florida. So that helped. And he also mentioned guys just winning one-on-one matchups. South Florida put their corners on an Island and CJ and Isaiah and those guys were able to take advantage of it. So what do we see this week, Brian? That is to be determined. Tulane's been good on the defensive side this year. So we'll see if the Pirates offense can hold up their end of the bargain. This is real simple. In the five years, Holt Naylor's been quarterback. When he has protection, he has time. He's really good. When he has to run for his life or people are in his face and he has to make quick decisions, that's when you can get to him and make him make mistakes. That's what Navy did. They were in his face all day long. They won those matchups. They uh, certainly pressed at the line of scrimmage. They did all those things. And last week, I don't think South Florida had the, had the athletes to do that or EC's offensive line played a, a lot better. But he sat in that pocket was able to drop the ball in real easy without any kind of pressure on him. So goes back to that offensive line again, goes back to play calling and schemes and all those different things of does he have time to execute in the pocket when it comes to the passing game? And then you've got to have that running game, right? We've got to see Marlon Gunn, who's going back to his home area. He's a Baton Rouge guy. And now does he, can he step up and provide something in that running game, uh, playing in front of the home folks to give them a spark as well, because it's a lot easier to throw the ball when you have the threat of play action as opposed to just dropping back there 30 times a game. Brian North joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Brian, as we look around other games going on, 
in the uh, state. NC State goes down to Clemson. They lose to the Tigers. Now they're back home and a three-point favorite against Florida State. Florida State coming off that loss to Wake Forest last week at home. So both of these teams looking to bounce back in uh, Raleigh coming up tomorrow night. Huge rebound game. Now, probably no one's going to beat Clemson or catch Clemson in the standings this year, but still a huge rebound game to keep your chances alive. And, of course, there's trying to get into good bowls at the end of the year and all that stuff. So it's the coach who can do the best job of turning disappointment back into victory. And so Florida State going on the road may have a tougher test of, about that, but this is where you find out about NC State, right? They, the Wolfpack fans had championship dreams and hopes, and obviously that's probably not going to happen in the ACC this year. So how do you re- rebound and respond? Do you still play with purpose this week, or do you play like one loss turns into two, which we see a lot of times in football? So matchups this week, and I'm fascinated by the the standings in the ACC, Brian, because on one hand you've got Louisville at Virginia, that's uh, and and Louisville is 0 and 3 in conference play already. Yep. Virginia's 0 and 2, and then you've got North Carolina at Miami, and yep. the way these seasons have gone. For Miami, you're like, it's over. Well, this will be their first conference game. So, you know, it's kind of a, a new lease on life for them. North Carolina 1-0 in conference play. So, a lot of teams in very different positions here as we sit in this uh, this week six point in the season. Especially, you look at Miami, North Carolina, that, that's a big one for, for standings purposes. For North Carolina, for the next five weeks, they have a bye week built in there, but the next five weeks they play four straight division opponents. Mm. So the next four games for them are going to decide probably if they can win their division in the ACC or not. And so, yeah, a road game at Miami. This is Carolina has that Jekyll Hyde deal this year where you're not quite sure what you're going to get from them. So uh, going to Miami, which has had its ups and downs as well, but you're right, this is a whole new season for them. Miami can turn everything around if they can go and win their division and get to the ACC championship game. North Carolina, same deal. Uh, I think they're trying to prove some things to some people. And uh, despite the loss to Notre Dame, this is a, a huge game for that division in the ACC. And then they've got, what, Pittsburgh, Duke, uh, uh, Virginia, all in those next coming weeks. So a lot will be decided for North Carolina in this next month. Another wacky year in the Coastal. How about Pitt loses to Georgia Tech after they fired Jeff Collins? And yeah. uh, just a strange result there. I was thinking about that, Brian. I guess uh, – so I remember Bobby Ross coaching the Chargers when I was watching football, but I know I think he had success uh, at Georgia Tech, and we had all those Paul Johnson years more recently. But I don't know what, what's it going to take to to fix Georgia Tech football outside. You know they haven't had a a good traditional uh, a good normal football team in ages. They had the the good run, the decent run with with Paul Johnson there, but that's kind of a, a head scratcher there. It feels like a, a school in Atlanta should be able to be pretty darn good at football. Yeah. What will it take? Mike Houston? Should I start those rumors now? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they need a coach to come in there and, and adopt a, a certain style and stick with it. You know, Paul Johnson had the option for many years because Georgia Tech, just you know, outside of Calvin Johnson getting him in there, it was always kind of interesting uh, what kind of football players they could get. And sometimes when you're a university, you're in the land of Georgia, um, you're surrounded by the Florida schools to the south and Clemson and the North Carolina schools to the north. You know, sometimes you've got to find a different way to win. And so that's why the option worked for, for uh, Paul Johnson for many years. Who, by the way, he didn't know his brother was like the town manager of Bellhaven for many years out in Fulford County. I always loved that weird connection. Only Brian North knows that, but that is fantastic <laughs> information. But, you know, it'll be interesting who they hire and what direction they go. The hardest thing to do as a head coach to me is replace an option coach 
and try to do something completely different because you don't have those athletes you recruited. Yeah. That's, that's not what you're going to be using. And so you've got to give that Georgia Tech coach time to get it done. So, um, But look, that, and I'm not trying to blow this up. I just know Mike Houston has, always, has said that if he uh, were to take another head coaching job, it would be in the Southeast at a power conference. And yeah. So that fits where his, his home base in, in Charleston is. So I'm, just, I'm just saying it's out there. And if they want to take a look at him, he's a guy that has proven he can turn some programs around or lead them to, uh, to good things. So it's finding a head coach like Mike Houston who can uh, – just change the culture within a couple of years and recruit through probably the portal now more than anything uh recruit the guys you need to, to fit the style that you want to do well bad news yellow jackets we, we're not going to give you mike houston right now but we will uh give you another run at bill lewis if you want to try it's, that again it's out there yeah. yeah there's a whole bunch of coaches out there that would like the job <laughs> yeah. that are you know old and still think they can get it done so we'll see if they go the retread model but uh it's all about making a splash, but really, and you look at even what ECU's done this year. Their, their roster sprinkled with transfer portal guys who immediately come in and make a difference. It's yeah. really changed how you recruit and build your teams now. Brian North joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line, talking football. Let's uh, talk a little pro football before we wrap it up, North. And I guess we'll start with the Panthers. And I don't recall seeing baker mayfield play this bad then again i don't recall seeing matt ryan or russell wilson or carson wentz or any of these quarterbacks i don't know what's going on this year there has been some ugly ugly football we saw it last night and unfortunately for panthers fans they're seeing it just about every weekend yeah i've noticed that the the passing numbers for quarterbacks have been down this year we're not seeing many 300 yard passing games maybe the touchdowns are still up but we're just not seeing the yardage so obviously it's something defenses are doing and figuring out and so what normally happens then is the NFL enacts some rule change that <laughs> defense helps the offenses. So I'm not quite sure what that's going to be at this point, but I have noticed those numbers down as well. And, and quarterbacks who have always been credited with being smart guys and figuring things out are having the hardest time. Not that Baker Mayfield's been that guy by any means, but I'm watching him back there with a happy feet. He's so indecisive, throwing screen passes as uh, flat as the coastal plain. And so it's just been – he has had – Zero chemistry going on with uh, Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator. They just can't get on the same page of what Baker feels comfortable doing. Uh, he leads the league and passes batted down, so the offensive line not giving him the throwing lanes that he needs. They're just, chemistry-wise, they are just really off right now. And, and you can say that for a lot of quarterbacks around the league, and maybe that's due to a lot of guys changing teams. And it just it does take time to assimilate yourself into some of these offenses and learn the nuances. Maybe it'll turn around. Uh, that's a good point, and we're seeing – it happened a few years ago when uh, when Rivers went to Indy and uh, Brady went to Tampa, and and we just didn't see these like high profile quarterbacks change spots. And now it happens every off season, and maybe there's something to that. That maybe by week eight, week ten, we'll actually see uh, some some higher numbers put up and some teams looking competent. Last night was about as bad as it gets, and I say that knowing that next Thursday night it'll be Justin Fields versus Carson Wentz. And I, I got to think they score a touchdown, unlike last night, but it might be a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. And you're right. So many quarterbacks have changed teams, and there's, it's so complicated, right? We can sit there on our, on our couches or in yeah. the car and just watch these guys play and think how easy it is, but the verbiage and the terminology, uh, the players you have going in, the defenses and what they're doing, it's just such a complicated thing that just takes time to assimilate. But Baker Mayfield didn't show up to the Panthers until – training camp started like he 
he was traded late, and for some reason he was not in Charlotte burying himself in the playbook. He showed up and met Ben McAdoo the first day of training camp. Yeah. It just takes time to figure those things out. But in this day and age, we don't give anybody time, right? You're supposed to be performing at a higher level because you're getting paid a whole lot of money to do so. I'm not giving Nathaniel Hackett any time. He stinks. And and, and <laughs> I say that, and, and then in the understanding part, I'll say that You've got Russell Wilson with a new team and a first-year head coach. In Carolina, you've got Baker Mayfield with a new team and a coach that's, what, still trying to figure out the differences between college and the NFL. So you got to factor the coaching into it, too, I guess. Yeah, well, if you saw, I just saw a tweet that said um, Wilson and Hackett. Wilson stayed in his uniform for 45 minutes after the game in his locker with Daniel Hackett right there with him, just trying to, you know, huddle together, just trying to figure out some solutions. Yeah so weird here five weeks into the season but no that is part of that and, and look practice rules you got to put those into into effect too right you, you don't do the two a days anymore they don't get to practice on the field like they used to and so these are some of the byproducts of uh of these rules they put in for player safety brian north joining us north enjoyed the chat as always man have a great weekend have a great uh, blitz tonight and uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow during the bud light pregame tailgate we'll give you a phone call you doing what are you going to uh, up to tomorrow uh, we got some mum fest going on, mullet fest, um, Oz fest, on. yeah, usual dad stuff. So yeah, give me a call, bail me out. <laughs> we'll do. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right, Cliffy, see you, bud. Brian North joining us. Blitz coming up tonight, recapping a fun night of high school football. Let's take a timeout. Come did back. He, did he say mullet fest? Yeah, mullet fest. Mullet fest, like that, like the hairdo. No, not the hairdo. Like the fish? Yes. Huh. Where do they do that? Uh, looks like Swansboro. Okay. Swansboro. Swan- in the Swansea City. <laughs> Here you go. You own one? Yeah, a little bit. That's fine. It's Friday, baby. All right. Let's uh, take a break. Come back. Mark Greenheld's Golf Shop Radio Show joins us when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years, and it's your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day, and it has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations as well, serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for all you boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into Pi Radio Live. Here is Cliff Brock. All right, Blue Jays uh, trailing the Mariners 4-0 now in their wild card game. And the Phillies did indeed come back and beat the Cardinals 6-2 to two on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Let's talk some football, a little golf now as we head out to the Pit Electric Live line and check in with Greeny. Oh. Mark Greenhelge Golf Shop Radio Show. We don't have Greeny lined up as of yet, so we will uh, work on that. <laughs> Big collapse by the Cardinals. <laughs> Huge. As uh, they... 
we're up two. Oh man, I had a, I have a stat on that, CJ. Oh, a stat to consider? Yeah, definitely consider. Uh, the Cardinals had a record of. 93 and 0. 90. I saw it. I was going to let you do it, but I got to do it. 93 and 0 all time in the postseason? Yes. By leading, what, two runs in the ninth in the inning? Ninth. Is that yes. what it was? Well, now they're 93 and 1. All because they didn't put Alec Burleson on the playoff roster. You get what you deserve. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think I saw you tweet it. You, you get what you deserve. They had it coming. They did. And they got got. Uh, how we doing, Chandler? Okay. Uh, We're getting there. Do I need to uh, to take over your spot no, I got and it. have you and CJ talk for a moment? No, I'm determined to get this. All right. <laughs> I would look for uh, Greeny. Sometimes it. it looks like that. I got it, baby. <laughs> you got it? Talk to Mark Greenhouse, baby. All right. Well, let's go out to the Pit Electric Live line and talk to Greeny now. Greeny, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm playing golf down in Florida post-hurricane. The weather is beautiful, actually. Awesome. Where are you uh, playing at today? I'm playing at a course called Grand Haven in Palm Coast. All right. And uh, where are you at on your round currently? How how are you doing so far? Uh, I am two under through ten. Okay. Is that uh, so? That's pretty good for me and a lot of folks listening. Is that good for you? Yeah, considering I hadn't played a, uh, a round of golf in, 50, in 51 days, that is very excellent awesome. for me right now. All right, well, keep, hopefully we didn't jinx anything uh, between uh, your last shot and this one. Uh, Greeny, we'll circle back to golf. Let's talk some football. Your Clemson Tigers taking care of business on the national stage last Saturday night against NC State. Uh, boy, that defense is going to show up every week, and you got enough offense there. Uh, late first half in the second half so uh feeling pretty good about your tigers after getting through the wolf pack uh what what what'd you think of that game yeah if if we didn't lose to wake forest and nc state with a depleted secondary um i don't know if we're going to get beaten as these guys get healthy um that was a good show back-to-back weeks by dj and uh man i tell you what two two great games for him in a row lack of turnovers uh, on our side and uh Man, once they get some of these guys back in the secondary, they're going to make it even tougher because that defensive line and linebackers are playing pretty strong right now. And the rest of the ACC is, uh, boy, you've already got through maybe the uh, the best you're going to see on the slate perhaps, and, and especially you know on that Atlantic side with Wake Forest and with NC State. So are you thinking more conference championship or college football playoff right now, Greeny? I mean, I, I, I don't see – I mean, obviously, at Notre Dame is always a game that you worry about. Uh, Clemson definitely needs to run the table to be, you know, in that top four, even as badly as some of these teams to be playing. I mean, Georgia sneaking by last week against nobody, and uh, everybody except Ohio State seems to have had their kind of – had their issues with lesser teams so far. So, yeah, I mean, I would say right now they're a contender for the playoff. I don't know if they're quite national championship caliber yet, uh, kind of maybe building up towards that. But that's kind of what Dabo does over his seasons is the, the team gradually gets stronger. So we'll see if that continues. How about your uh, your Patriots? They'll be rocking the old uh, unis coming up. We call them the Tony Collins jerseys because Tony joins us every Friday here or every Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. He's excited to see uh, the white helmets and those unis back this weekend. And he also liked what he saw out of Bailey Zappi last week. How about you, Greedy? As, uh, maybe we get to see this rookie perform for New England. 
I think Mac Jones is trying his best to get back on the field so he doesn't get uh, Wally tipped by happy right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the kid threw for a million touchdowns at, at what Western? Was it Western? Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Yeah. yeah, Western Kentucky. I mean, he he's a baller. He was one of the best in college football last year, so he can certainly sling it around. I think probably the main thing for him was that he's a little a little short than you would expect. I think if he was about six foot four, he probably would have been a first round draft pick. The Patriots play the Lions, who are the highest-scoring team. They give up the most points. They uh, they just put up fireworks. We'll see if New England can play their you know low-scoring style of game, or will this turn into a shootout coming up on Sunday? Greeny, other than the golf you're currently playing, what's going on uh, in the golf world right now? Well, we've got. I'm down here. I've also got the uh, the Epson Tour Championship. Uh, so the feeder tour for the LPGA. They've got their tour championship right down the road at uh, Daytona Beach. So I'll be live from there. On Saturday morning, we get to see uh, which of the top 10 get their P- their LPGA Tour cards for next year after Sunday. So this is a big weekend for them. Obviously, the LPGA still got several events left in their uh, season. And here we are again. They're, the, the big boys are playing in Las Vegas. Uh, great course. I played there a couple of years ago. So TPC Summerlin is a fun course to watch. You can make lots of birdies out there. So look for a good shootout uh, over the next few days. And then, obviously, the European Tour uh, the DP World Tour, they are at the Spanish Open. John Rahm is kind of the headliner there. And by the way, Harold Barner III in your live event, he's six, only two back of the leader. All right, there you go. Keep an eye on that, Pirate fans. Talking to Mark Greenhelge Golf Shop Radio Show. There's some of the topics coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, what else you got planned for a Saturday show? Well, we're going to the big-timer Charlie down in uh, Myrtle Beach, see what he's got going on. We'll check in with Bill Bender. We're also going to get a couple of the uh, of the players on, so we'll have either uh, leaders or those who are anticipating getting their LPGA Tour card for next year, and we'll see how they set up and if they're how excited they are for getting their card. Well, Greeny, we'll uh, let you get back to your game, and we'll hear from you coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, good luck the rest of your, uh, your way out there. All right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Let's uh, get our final break in. We'll come back, get ready to wrap it up here on a Friday. Let you know what we have on Pirate Radio the rest of the evening and on Saturday and Sunday when we return on PRL here on a Friday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 59,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip. All right, about to wrap it up here on a Friday. Coming up next, the high school huddle with Morgan Aylers getting you ready for the 
area high school action, including Conley Rose coming up tonight, 7 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. And then 11.30 a.m., we're with you Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 3.30 kickoff when that game's over. It's the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're with you taking your calls on the Pit Electric live line until the last caller is served. And then a triple header of NFL action on Sunday, 1 o'clock, Steelers-Bills. After that, Eagles cards. And in the nightcap, Bengals and Ravens. So keep it locked to Pirate Radio this weekend for all things football and all things ECU football coming up on Saturday. All right, well done, Chan Man. Well done, C.J. Schaefer. We'll see you folks tomorrow at 11.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and back on Monday here, 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.